listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from a slightly freezing but still sunny Edmond, Oklahoma, where I have a huge announcement for everybody. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. I guess that huge announcements for me too. Podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Andrew Hoffman. I would like you to know that I, Tim Kilkenny, will be running for president in 2024. Even though I'm nearly 80 years. No, I'm sorry. God. Oh, is uh. Did Trump announce that he was running? Yeah, about an hour ago. Oh, okay. Yep. Our problems are solved. Our problems are solved, buddy. Yep. Oh, indeed. Just sit back and uh, enjoy the show. Trust the plan. (laughs) Uh, Just thank you for your, your patience, Anons. It's all all gonna be just fine. It's a, it's all part of the show, man. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah, he's and, he's running, and we have an alternative who seems pretty good, and yet it seems to be supported by all the wrong people. Oh, absolutely, we're supported by some of the worst. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yes, uh, you know how one of the the most well-known phrases of Revelations Radio News is, this, is that the great thing about America is that there's always, always more, more football? football. Yes, that was the first thing so, I thought. The chocolate donuts leaking has got to be in there close. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, the worst thing about America is that no matter how low... Your expectations for American politics and politicians are. Oof. You will always be disappointed. Th- well, there's there's never like a, oh, that turned out better than I thought. No. Always disappointment. <laughs> well, I 
Okay. I have to tell you. I was speaking to a listener to this show. I don't even mind saying his name. At least his first name. His name's Paul. He's from Texas. One time, not not within the last year, we were speaking to each other. And he said to me, well, you know, he's got that Texas accent. Well, he's from the country. Well, Tim, there's the old Andrew Hoffman rule for politics. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Like I you know, stood straight up. The hairs in the back of my neck stood up. What's he going to say? Which which Andrew Hoffman thing is he going to say? And he goes, you know, whichever one's the most evil is the one that's probably going to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty reliable predictor. Uh, so, raise your hand if you're disappointed by the uh, results of the Arizona election. Yeah, the... I was going to say, the, the one true disappointment is yeah. Carrie Lake. It's the only one I actually was even really paying attention to, other than here and tangentially. Not even really Washington, I figured that, that they were done. There's always more football, Tim. There's always more football, and there's always more elections. Well, there's always more counting. Gotta, never-ending yeah. counting. Can we just count by, some more? By someone named Bill Gates, of all people. Like, Maricopa County, oh, he's a Republican. Yeah, he's a McCain Republican. That's <laughs> like I remember my yeah. parents yelling up the stairs. So I was young and I wanted to act like I knew what I was talking about or act like I understood what was happening. But I watched uh, some of the beginning election night coverage, Central Standard Time, for uh, uh, H.W. and Bill Clinton. No. No, no, it was H.W. and yeah, Mike, H-W. Michael. No, it was H. No, it was H.W. and Michael Dukakis, and mm-hmm. so it'd be yeah, eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. And uh, it's the night I lost the my first tooth. See, you remember something from that? I remember something from that night. <laughs> but I remember that night at Central Standard Time. I'm still awake, so it's got to be before ten o'clock. Because I'm eight years old. It's got to be before nine. I remember my mom yelled up the stairs, it's over, you know, Bush won. And, you know, it's just like, you'd think with all these advancements in technology since I was eight years old, that's like 36 years ago, no, 34 years ago, all these advancements in technology, the main presidential election was decided in a a fashion. We forgot how to count. I mean, central, central time, I mean, West Coast, like West Coast, polls weren't even closed yet and she yelled up the stairs ah it's over this is yeah. one nowadays it's like ah, oh, let's put this on hold it's almost like they're delaying well it's almost like they're just like trying to figure out how many votes they got to come up with in order to All beat right. the one many, yeah. yeah but it's also kind of like they're just delaying like especially with the trump one in 2020 it was like let's just keep putting this off so people are just like get wary you know just just want it to be over just like anything, just weary. like let yeah. weird. Sorry, weary. Let's just let this. Let's just let something happen so we can have this be over now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, sometimes they use it to try and get more attention, and sometimes they delay it to try and just make people forget about it. Yeah, that, that that's definitely another. Where's my? Naomi Wolf Substack. I don't know. What? All right. Keep talking. 
Oh, I have to talk now. Uh, Carrie Lake <laughs> didn't win. And that's really the only race I was paying attention to. And I think it's what a lot of people are paying attention to. And she kept saying, good things are happening. I got the best lawyers in the building. Oh, yeah. We're going to win this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like your Jason Burmis clip last, last week. Are you sure? We still have the same voting machines. We still have the same problems. Mm-hmm. Did you see or listen to, I should have pulled this stuff, any of the Mike Lindell stuff? No, he, just the secondhand mentioned by Burmis. Yeah. So I I encourage people to go find that because, you know, you hear Mike Lindell, you're like, oh, it's the MyPillow guy is going to rant about, uh, um, you know, what's going on. Yep. Carrie Lake's excited because Trump is now running in 2024. He is a complete has my complete and total endorsement that's great runner up for arizona uh governor yeah maybe she'll just jump to straight to running for vice president maybe that's the plan who knows trust the trust the plan andrew clearly not trusting uh, the plan they lost on purpose yeah um i lost my train well mike lindell mike lindell you think Mike Lindell, so my pillow guy ranted about all this you know election denying stuff but it actually was somewhat interesting to hear him track it live like there is some value to be had from that and he calls it uh real crime happening like real live crime happening Mm. and he's showing different you know numbers as they go through one server in new jersey and somehow he's able to kind of tap into that or whatever and he's showing votes that go up really high on the democrat side and then they come down hmm which well, there, if you start pe- counting right now, people had some. It should uh, never go down, Andrew. When you start counting forward, yeah, it that's never, how counting works. It's yeah. how counting works. So, and that that worked on the um, negative side. I mean that we saw that in 2020, and then also in Oregon, people have screenshots of that in Oregon where Christine Dre's on the the Republican. Her vote total goes down. Yep. 10 minutes later you know it's like, yep yep the, this is a line i think the the most obvious one was your favorite and mine gretchen whitmer up there she had a real interesting line it was like they they overcorrected too big on her so they had to bring it right back down oh okay so true live crime he so, calls it so he was doing a live like live stream yes event interesting yes. yeah yeah no i i've you know I don't necessarily like Mike Lindell commercials, but I I thought he was right about the election stuff in 2020. I thought all the um didn't, we, the, didn't you and I kind of come the, to the conclusion that it was that uh him and uh the overstock the overstock guy, guy were yeah. like the ones who were the closest to it and really saw the way that this No, went I down. thought and that's why they were they were uh shouted down the worst and we could only get coverage on fox news with rudy giuliani saying did you know dead people voted in pennsylvania there was there's 12 dead people that's what changed the election yeah thanks rudy so yeah this uh, i found the naomi wolf article i'll read through it it's uh, it's on this subject so ready America, broken by digital hallucinogens. On an election night, 
on an election count night, a once great nation is spun by the same digital tricksters who brought us the pandemic. This is the eve after a broken election, as broken machines count broken vote tallies, and as broken media calls outcomes. Everyone in legacy media is waiting for Associated Press to call the outcome, which is sadly hilarious given that the AP has a memorandum of understanding that it won't disclose fully to our Congress with the news agency Xinhua, the CCP's chief propaganda arm. Treasonous media call, treasonous election process. She's got a link to another story there, uh, or a previous post of hers. In one state, the outcome is being overseen by one of one of the two main contestants, which is itself a true banana republic level situation. That's Katie Hobbs in Arizona. They even had a picture of her in the actual vote tally room on election night. Yeah, really? totally. Yeah. In my own state, New York, the opposition candidate conceded to my disgust when there were still 1.4 million uncounted votes. Why? Well, NBC called it the day before. All those voters were disenfranchised. The Statue of Liberty holds up her torch in the dark harbor, disregarded. It's pretty much Moscow on the Hudson here. CNN calls people who try to count the vote as our forefathers intended election deniers and worse. (laughs) A presidential candidate who has already made history once is teasing a new announcement tonight as I write, and most of our legacy digital press has already consigned him to the trash bin of history before he has opened his mouth to speak. Facebook has already called him off-limits. I may not like the former president myself, but I know that that is not how our system is supposed to work. I want to hear what he has to say. He is a former American president. When former or current American presidents are consigned to the trash bin of history by the digital press, the digital press is also spitting on and trampling, essentially, the American flag, as they are thus befouling the will of half the people. All all of this corruption and nasty trashing of our cherished ideals and symbols as Americans during an election is taking place in a techie echo chamber in which human physical verifiable choice has been abandoned. We've been here before, I shall argue. Electronic vote totals via electronic machines with no underlying physical correlates in real life ping-pong their way to digital media announcements, which in turn are also taking the place without any in-real-life correlates. The physical reporters have not observed the physical vote. It's all digital hearsay. These news stories, or conjectures, in turn bounce back again to inform those waiting for the mounting lead dramatic announcements which are being made periodically by unaccountable election officials. These guys, in turn, come forward to talk to the digital press. But they emerge out of dark centralized facilities from which media observers have been excluded. But, where are the totals? How do we check them? How does the reporter transcribing the announcement from Arizona from Nevada check them? How do we know that any of this is true? As I explained in my essay about how electronic machines can cheat so, so very easily, we can't check the vote. Not without the code and our own developers, and the reporters there also cannot check the vote. The reporters, if they are not technical, do not even know what to ask. The people who voted can't check the votes. The judges, if it ever came to a lawsuit, scarcely understand how to check the totals. The painstaking counting of of paper ballots in the light of public scrutiny by diligent middle-aged ladies, for the most part, in sweaters and glasses, all of this observed in turned by diligent citizens that I remember so vividly from the year 2000, and indeed 
From every election up until a decade ago is no more. The officials, the machines, and the media are asking us all, voters as well as media, to take their word for what they have to say. It's all meta. Adding to the metaphysical nature of digital voting software and the utterly unverifiable nature of statements from election officials in a digital environment, we also have psycho new forms of gaslighting and spin. I watched appalled for the past few days clicking around on news sites trying to find out who won the House and who won the Senate. Google was having a field day, and the answers were in the hands of Google. Shows a screenshot there. Local newspapers have been killed off over the past decade intentionally by digital consortia who use local news as a proxy to harvest digital data for advertising. The death of the real physical Detroit Free Press or the real physical banger daily news is to be replaced by digital versions of these brands relying on digital wire services means that citizens access to information as basic as who won who won the election who won my state who won my county is dependent on the very people the tech bros uh, oh let's see and then it, she's got a couple of other lawsuit links there uh, and the judicial wash FOIAs and the lawsuits by the ACRU have corrupt and legally, illegally collusive relationships with the party of the incumbents. These are the same folks who fooled you massively once already in recent history. So you, poor, as you, poor citizen, are just trying to find out who is running in your precinct or county or state or nation, Google will show you authoritative, authoritative digital electoral maps of red and blue. The exact same type of digital live update maps with which Google and John Hopkins and Bloomberg li- uh, lied from 2020 to 2022 COVID. and may now be lying still about COVID infection levels and deaths. These electoral maps that Google offers as authoritative, like the COVID maps of 2020 to 2022 that diluted us into murdering our economy and abusing our kids, are not authoritative at all. The Google electoral maps are not government data, for a starter. If you look at the fine print, and if you know what to look for, you see that these are third-party, highly corrupted data streams. The Google electoral maps identify the source of their information as Associated Press. And if you look more closely at what the AP calls, you will see that the AP will call a state when barely half the votes are in. And, as with the COVID maps of recent debacles, you cannot see the underlying data sets. Alright, you get the idea. They're a scam. The elections are a scam. I got the Lindell clip, man. All right. Awesome. We actually yeah. have some some uh, disturbing news coming back from the Real Crime Time desk. This oh, is the- wow. Look at this, everybody. This Not- is Real Time Crime, our first one of the night. <laughs> our first one of the night. This is exciting. They are caught. Look at this, everybody. I'm. This is my. This is exciting for the whole country and world. This is right. I want a screenshot of that. This will be. A, this will go down in history. Here it is on Frank's speech on the real time crime desk. Look at that spike, everybody. And Jeff, I want you to explain it. Uh, what whose race this is, and then when it took over, and then they, they were overriding the algorithms. It looked like, and then what happened? Give us, give us your analysis here. Well, what what happened is what we're seeing in a lot of places. Whereas the, uh, the the Democrat breaks out to an early lead, which we see that probably because that's where the uh, 
that's where most of the cheating is is taking place right there at the beginning. I don't like what happened with Carrie Lake again. I bring that up again. So you see that that in red, uh, Herschel Walker kept coming back, coming back, coming back, closing the gap as we started to get real election day votes in. At the moment, nearly the moment when the when when they were even, they were essentially even. There's two dots here. You can't tell the difference. Suddenly, there is an update that has. 117,000 votes for Warnock and 6,000 6, votes for Herschel Walker. So about 117,000 to 600. Uh, there you go. That's, uh, wow. that's what happened. We want this. I want you to, if you can't send me this screenshot, we're going to send it out all over social media right now. And this is the, re- the first real-time crime. We've caught them. They're they're trying to steal Herschel Walker's race. This is this isn't coming from us here. This is coming from the Edison report. This is real time crime going on here. Well, um, I have some the, I have some negative uh, boat drops for you in Pennsylvania as well. When you want to hear about those. No way! Two in a row. Let's get with we got. She's she's ecstatic here, but let's get let's do another one. Let's you do another see one. It? All right, let's let's take a look here at. Uh, uh, I want to look at the Pennsylvania Senate race. Uh, with uh, Dr. Oz versus uh, Fetterman. One moment, let's bring that up. Welcome to the real time, real time crime desk, everybody in the country and around the world. Here we go. What do we got right. here? So we've got the blue is John Fetterman, and we've got the red is Oz. And you can see things at this point anyway are not looking good, but there's you know <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. But note we have here. We have the votes going up. I'm putting my cursor over it. Votes going up, staying the same, staying the same. And then we have, we go from 326,000 votes down to 288,000 votes. So where'd they go? They're gone. Okay. I want to explain this one, everybody. Now, I want everybody to look at this. And I, I can explain this and go, well, gee, why would they do that to a Democrat? They they lower. You can't go and reverse everybody. These are the order. These votes are coming in through the Edison report, which is one of the biggest monopolies in this country. Every single vote goes through New Jersey, and then it comes out to us. Well, when you start counting, I want everybody to count. One, two, let's count by tens. 10, 20, 30, 40. Let's count by hundreds. 100, 200, 300. You can't go in reverse when you're counting pieces, ballots. One, two. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to throw a bunch off the pile. So my the reason is here's what I think, Jeff. I think that they that they lower that number, they lower that number with that drop because it was the cheat was too big there. They're making the steal. The algorithm is too big, and they got to correct it so it doesn't look like a big anomaly or or a huge deviation where the whole country knows they stole the election from him. What what's your what's your opinion on that? Am I spot on? I think you are. Uh, that's that's certainly a, a good. I mean, there's there's no rational explanation, because they don't. We see so many of these in a, in an election that it's in, it's impossible that it's that many human error mistakes. Right, uh, right. And, and and but here you see, I I switched over while you were talking to the governor race in uh, Pennsylvania, and you'll see it happened there too. There. No, wait this a minute. Is not no, supposed this to hold it. Is this the governor's race right now going on? That's correct. That's Mastriano and Shapiro. Okay, now everybody, now now let me tell you, 
so here's here's reality, everybody. These when they set these algorithms, it, you got to kind of you still got to kind of guess, don't you, Jeff? You got to kind of you got to make an estimated guess of what the score is going to be because if you cheat too big, it's like I said before, everybody. I'm going to give everybody another example. If I said uh, the state of Pennsylvania that went uh, six thousand or six million for Donald Trump and uh, two thousand votes for Biden. Everyone in the world would say, um, no, that's a computer error. Something's wrong. And then as you go and you go, okay, how about 5 million for Trump and uh, 500 for Biden or 5,000 for Biden or 500,000? They have to make it within a reason of the whole world to go, oh, I guess that could happen. And this is what they're doing here. They put the algorithms thinking how many votes maybe that Mastriano was going to get and they set him too high, everybody. Look at that big, look in the beginning when they stole him there, it went straight up or almost straight up. And then you go over a little bit and another uptick. And now they overcorrected. Look at the difference between the two. So they had to correct it and take away votes. You guys, machines, people don't go, um, hey, um, 20,000 people or 150,000 people don't go in and say, I want to take my vote back. I don't want to vote. Jeff, what was that drop right there? How many votes was that drop we're seeing at the real the real time crime desk here? How many votes dropped there? About 90,000. 90,000 votes. You guys, if you're tuning in, that's a Democrat. They took 90,000 votes off of a Democrat. Why did they do that? Because the cheat was set so big in the beginning. Look at the beginning. Jeff, point to the two spikes that were that you can't explain. Okay. The one in the beginning, and then you go over a little bit, and there's another one. How many how many votes spike is that right there? About ninety thousand. <laughs> well, ninety thousand. How about let's go to the next spike? Let's move over to the next Democrat spike. This is the governor's race, by the way, if you tune in of Pennsylvania. What's that crime spike? We're gonna call them crime spikes. That's my new name. <laughs> Okay, go to the next That's about 63, spike. 63,000 is So we have a 63,000, we have a 90,000 crime spike, another 90,000 crime spike, a 63,000 crime spike, and then they go, uh-oh, the whole world's going to know that Mastriano's getting, you know, we're cheating by too much. So what do they do, everybody? Right there, point to the cursor. They got, they took away 90,000 votes from the Democrat. Yeah, if you, you, guys, if you look, a- it took the vote total back to where it had been way back here. They see that erased all of the vote total increases. You guys, from that look time. at that. In that time span, everybody, this is the order these votes are coming in. This is real-time crime, everybody. That's what I've been telling you about. Um, Mike, you're, uh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. This is the Illinois Senate race. This is Tammy Duckworth. Uh, race. It not only has several uh, impossible, uh, what do we call them? Uh, the uh, Real-time crime spikes. Yeah. We call- well, I just, I stopped it. I think you get the point. Yeah, that was, I think that is what's going on. You know, it's, and it's all one system. Yeah. You got to have the polls to set the expectations. 
and you can't have the polls exactly match the outcomes, but you've got to, you know, you got to tell a, you got to tell a story that is believable. And the story that they told was, look, the voters rejected the crazy election deniers and the people that supported Trump. And they voted for the Republicans that were the good, uh, the good corporate Republicans who didn't question elections, like Brian Kemp in Georgia. Oh, he won easily. What do you know? So it's, this is the that was the deal. Is it, is it Brian Kemp on the other end of the phone when Trump said I need eight thousand votes or whatever? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. So I mean. We were pro-Trump somewhat when he was in office because he made a lot of the right people mad. Um, and we liked a lot of what he did. He was better than the previous people because they were terrible. But as he started to push the vax, we started to slowly back away. It's not well, as Well, it, it was way before the vax. It was hiring John Bolton, man. It was yeah, <laughs> all yeah. that stuff. I mean, yeah. well, it was, first of all, it was... Um, Oh, build the wall, build the wall. Oh, well, you know, no, let's uh, do some corporate tax cuts. and Yeah, I'll never forget this when he became an Ann Coulter fan. I'll never forget so. it. Because <laughs> she was always chiding him. But anyway, my point is, it's never, as I was thinking about this a lot earlier today, it's never as cut and dry as I thought when I was younger. The older I get, the more I realize it's a little bit, there's infighting. They're all yeah. headed, they're all headed in the same direction. You know, it is the Democrats, the Republicans, is two sides of the same coin it's you know we're headed towards a totalitarian state and you know where the power is in the hands of the few and the, and the money is in the hands of a few but in order to get there there's a lot of people who want to be those few <laughs> and there's a lot of infighting and you know i don't think that it's you know i think trump they don't like trump he's a he's bad for the brand he's bad for government as a brand and well, he he broke some of their rules, and that's the on the Dave Chappelle thing where he's like, yeah, he came out of the house yep. where they're all in there making deals, and he's he told us what was going on, yep. that it was rigged, and what, and then he went right back inside and started <laughs> making and started, you know, participating in the same stuff again, but that was the, you know, his big uh political sin was ad- admitting that it's a rigged game and that elections are stolen yeah you know because that was always you go back to al gore and george w bush he you know he talks a big game after the fact like oh i was the next president of the united states ha 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 but when it came down to it he just conceded and, you know, oh, for the good of the country, whatever. So, and that's what had always happened. Where you, you know, they make the phone call and you say, okay, yep, yep, it was, I concede, you know, it was a hard fought campaign. <laughs> but uh, Trump didn't do that. And 
to be fair, before that, Hillary didn't do that. Yeah, Hillary they went with the yeah. they went with the Russia collusion narrative rather than admitting she was a terrible candidate. She one hundred percent planned on making that call that night too, call or calling him yep. to ask him to concede. And when yep. it was going to go the other way, that's when she's starts cussing out Matt Lauer and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, wow. Everybody, we will hang if this guy gets elected. We will hang. But they didn't. No. Unfortunately. (laughs) Deserved to. Still deserved to. uh, Lock her up. Lock her up. Enough politics. Are you done? You done with it all? I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm done with it all. Ugh. So, you know, I, I didn't, I won't say I got fooled, but I got fooled enough to think they might let Carrie Lake win. That's, she was so convincing, like, we're going to win this. We know what the, those votes are. And we, yeah. Sad. It is sad. It is sad. Anyway, we, we kind of got off topic. We were talking about Trump and where we lost him. But there is infighting. And I think he clearly won 2020. And then oh, they yeah. still forced him out. And it, it, it's weird to think that he's somehow going to get back into power when he was at the height of his political power right then in 2020. And well, where does he, you know, now they're like, well, no, he just announced today he's going to run again. So, But the, this this narrative that the average people care about January 6th and election deniers is so bogus. It has to die. They can't. It's keep... so bogus. They no no real people care, but they don't, they don't even know, you know, it's like they care about stuff that's actually going on. Like, Oh man, the economy stinks. My, I can't pay for groceries. I can't pay for gas. Like that's the stuff people actually care about. And if it was a a fair election, they would vote out the people that they perceive as making it worse. But obviously, it's not. So. We have a, a weird uh, kind of uh, binary political system coming into view now again and it's always been like that with the two parties but whatnot uh, but we have it's looking like ron DeSantis on one side you know backed by goodness gracious ken griffin and, and others um like i i cannot tell you how much it pained me this week to agree with a couple of things that ken griffin said publicly i was like oh <laughs> ken griffin the billionaire hedge fund manager for citadel who literally is the enemy of all the uh, GameStop bros. Mm. But, um, you know, he's like, anyway, I got some stuff from him later, but if we have Republicans lining up behind DeSantis and he's like former military, military intelligence. So he's going to be pro war. And then we, on the other side, we have this Biden, monstrosity and who is more uh evil and spry and able to kind of slide into this position what do we have gavin newsome i mean it's the party of death you can kill your babies just bring them to california yeah on on the other side it's like well do we go to war for death or do we kill the babies for death and it's like the you know uh 
And then you got Trump kind of coming out like fake news and throw, you know, trying to throw people under the bus while making himself look good and taking credit for the vaccine. It's a yeah, huge well, problem. It's just, it's just, is, it's nasty. Has, and I haven't watched his rally speeches or anything. Does he stand up for the people that are still in jail? Cause they came, cause he told them to, he, to come he out told and protest. To he did tell them to come. I haven't seen him stand up for him. I haven't seen him stand up for him at Lift a finger for those people. Huge, huge announcement today, Andrew. Huge. Yeah, yeah so, someone's like, oh, I think the big Trump announcement is that Carrie Lake is going to win Arizona. And I'm like, when is a big Trump announcement, when does a big Trump announcement have something to do with anyone other than Trump? <laughs> when, yeah. when has he ever emphasized someone else? Ever. <laughs> Never. So yeah, it's you know Anthony Fauci. Uh, some 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 say Anthony Fauci is a good man, a, a smart man. Some say the best. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I you know we've had some good talks, haven't we? We have, have we had good talks. Yeah, see, we've had yeah, good yeah. talks. Uh, you want to go financial stuff? You were kind of hitting at that. I have a whole presentation, but yeah, let's go financial. What do you got? Okay, we'll start out. With our friend COVID nineteen eighty four on Twitter, there at Spyro Ghost, uh, one big step closer to a digital panopticon. The new sis- the new system of enslavement. It will be tied to every aspect of your life. If you do not comply, your buying and selling ability can be restricted. Didn't get your latest booster? Did you exceed your carbon footprint? And he's he's quote tweeting a. Uh, post from Disclosed TV, New York Federal Reserve and multiple global banking giants start a 12-week digital dollar pilot. Oh, interesting. So, our good friend James Corbett wrote How BlackRock Conquered the World, Part 1. A brief history of BlackRock, and I'll just read the intro. People should go read the whole thing. Uh, but he he gives an example. Let's play a little game. Let's imagine you're Joe Q. Normie and you need to run out for some groceries. You hop in the car and head to the store. What store do you go to? Why, Walmart, of course. <laughs> Top institutional holders of Walmart. Vanguard Group, 4.73%. BlackRock, Inc., 3.46%. And State Street Corporation, down below. And being an unwitting victim of the sugar conspiracy, what do you buy when you're there? Coke, naturally. Top institutional holders, Berkshire Hathaway, Vanguard Group, BlackRock. And you can get jabbed at Walmart these days, right? Well, then you might as well make sure you get your sixth Moderna booster while you're there. Moderna, top institutional holders. Bailey Gifford and Company, Vanguard Group, BlackRock. And don't forget to fill up with gas on your way home. Top institutional holders, Vanguard Group, BlackRock, State Street Corporation. Is this creeping you out? Then why don't you shut yourself in your house and never go out shopping again? That'll show them. After all, you can always order whatever you need from Amazon, can't you? (laughs) Top institutional holders, Vanguard Group, BlackRock, State Street Corporation. Are you noticing a pattern here? Yes, in case you haven't heard, BlackRock Inc. is now officially everywhere. It owns everything. Sadly for us, however, the creepy corporate claws of the BlackRock beast aren't content 
simply to clutch onto a near plurality of the shares of every major corporation in the world. No, BlackRock is now digging its talons and even further inflexing its muscles, putting that inconceivable wealth and influence to use by completely reordering the economy, creating scamdemics, and shaping the course of civilization in the process. Let's face it, if you're not concerned about the power BlackRock yields over the world by this point, then you're not paying attention. So he goes into the history of BlackRock, uh, which I learned some stuff there. So it's absolutely worth reading. Um, you know, we might come back to it, but uh, people should go read it for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you What do you got? What's your presentation? I, I don't. I don't necessarily got a presentation. Well, I got so, this FTX thing, man. This you okay. like? Yeah. You're like you're like. Hey, here's some crypto info. You know, last week, and I'm like, oh, that's that stuff sounds mildly interesting. Holy moly! This is like the the iceberg with the twenty five percent of it above the water, and then the rest is below the water. There is nonstop coverage of this thing, or just just just, just rabbit holes upon rabbit holes for this thing. Yeah. Strange ties to Epstein, blackmail. I got, but I have three videos. One of them a little bit longer, but uh, super. It it just gives us a, a rough idea of kind of what is going on, and then we'll end with a little bit better uh, synopsis. So, uh, do you have a video that's like a intro? Or yeah, you... Reese this week is actually short, and it's a decent intro. It's, it's like, okay. I think it's like Perfect. two minutes. So. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was the largest donor to the Democrat Party, second to George Soros, for the spurious 2022 midterms. Nearly $40 million, which reportedly came from crypto donations to Ukraine. FTX was partnered with the World Economic Forum as one of Klaus Schwab's stakeholders. FTX's founder reportedly used a secret backdoor to steal over a billion dollars from the customers of the now-defunct cryptocurrency exchange. But there's more to the story than Sam Bankman-Fried and a money-laundering slush fund for the failing Democrat Party. The CEO for FTX was Caroline Ellison, whose father is Glenn Ellison, head of the MIT Economics Department. Glenn Ellison hired Gary Gensler to head the cryptocurrency department at MIT in 2018. And in 2021, the Biden administration nominated Gary Gensler as the chair of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, who has been laser focused on gaining control of cryptocurrency. While the SEC has been routinely combative towards cryptos, they have treated FTX like family, causing many to argue that FTX was being groomed and set up by the SEC to monopolize the crypto market. FTX was an exchange that had a bright sheen on it. It was led by a CEO that was often on Capitol Hill and being photographed with regulators and lawmakers. And so there was this sense that the exchange was very buttoned up. Cryptocurrency has the potential to strip power from the central banking system, and that makes it a major threat. As this story unfolds, don't be surprised if this mess becomes the catalyst 
for government overreach into cryptocurrencies. The journal reporting the CEO allegedly using customer money from FTX to fund risky bets at his other company, a hedge fund called Alameda. Many people believe that this will definitely set back the crypto industry for years. You know, this is a tale as old as time to some degree. Some young charismatic guy in Bermuda shorts with the floppy hair uh, charmed the 20 best investors in the world. Rebecca, the big question here, was this a mistake by the founders or a crime? Well, that's a question the regulators will ultimately have to answer here. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So the gist is not only were they using this money to be the number one donors for the Democrat Party, excuse me, number two behind George Soros, of yeah. course, <laughs> of course. but they're also going to blow it up conveniently, not or excuse me, destroying the entire paper trail that would lead back to the Democrat Party. But in the process, they're going to kill two birds with one stone and they're going to say, this is the reason, which is what you kind of alluded to last week with the mm-hmm. with the article you read, this is the reason crypto needs more regulation. More regulation. Yes. And so then it now enter one of my least favorite people in the world who I happen to agree with, with him pointing out you know, some messed up stuff going on within uh, this uh, FTX. And this is Ken Griffin being interviewed this week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ken Griffin, billionaire hedge fund manager. Uh, so I enjoy the power dynamics of, of these conversations because the people who are asking the questions are not in position of power. It's usually the people that are answering it. It's, it's, it's like it's like the... I. I hate Jamie Dimon, but I also enjoy Jamie Dimon talking down to whoever, whatever press person's interviewing him. Anyway, Ken Griffin kind of gives that same vibe with uh, this interview here. And and he, of course, is calling for, what does he want? Uh, you know, Ken Griffin, guy who's completely robbing uh, the average man blind on, on Wall Street, who's taking, you know, uh, Robin Hood's data and it's being sent to them wholesale so that they can make trades on it, you know, accordingly in in uh basically a, a huge market maker that is screwing over the average and, and front run everything right? and front run absolutely everything yes yeah. using algorithms and you know ai computing and all that baloney uh basically front running all of your trades and then betting accordingly uh for using your data basically working against you to make himself and his company richer uh this guy Saying stuff I agree with. There's problems. There's problems out there. <laughs> Own that, that all of us are worried about. You know, on the balance sheet of FTX is a line called Trump Lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. Right? Those are, those are really, really ugly facts when you see a fraud of this magnitude having played out and you find no regulators were there to prevent it. That's a really, really tough story. We could talk for quite a while about FTX. Sadly, we don't have it. So I have to finish with. I love the interviewer. He's like, Ixnay on the FTX, Democrat. It's like someone talking to his IFB. We gotta, we gotta stop talking about this. But hey, guess what, Andrew? You know what we need to uh, stop this uh, crazy government overreach that's getting involved into the crypto market? 
regulation? Yeah, regulators from the government. If we get some government regulators to get in here and make sure the government doesn't overregulate itself and never never get a yeah, Democrat get, party. And keep in mind that this is literally the person they were bringing in to advise on how to regulate yeah. crypto. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's that's the thing. And my girl really you heard her really graceful on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She did a good yeah. she did a good deconstruction this week on FTX. Oh nice. Yep. And here we go. Hey internet friends, this is gonna be a quick one. I'm gonna give you a rundown on the whole FTX crypto exchange financial drama, as well as cover the rather insidious and bigger story about FTX that mainstream media won't touch. Fair warning, this is such an annoying thing to explain because there's a lot of acronyms, but the recent FTX drama boils down to this. A crypto exchange took customers' money and invested it in unknown assets. And when customers went to pull their money out of the exchange, there was no money. Crypto exchange FTX and its founder Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF, imploded this week. To put it in perspective, FTX and its competitor Binance are the two largest exchanges in the world. Just like with Binance, with FTX, the customer can put in dollars or tokens. And you can trade these tokens. The way these exchanges make money is by charging a transaction fee when you exchange tokens. The transaction fee token that FTX uses is called FTT. It's a utility token that provides access to the FTX trading platform's features and services. And listen, I know it's funny money, but just stick with me here. Sam implemented a backdoor in the FTX bookkeeping, which let him alter his company's financial records without alerting their external auditors. That means when he transferred $10 billion of customer money to his sister company, Alameda, which he also founded, it went undetected. So early in November, Coindesk, which is like a crypto publication, ran a report on FTX, which is headquartered in the Bahamas and showed that basically the company was belly up. FTX had minimal liquidity because its founder had invested its customers' money in a bunch of unknown assets. Most of Alameda's assets were tied up in FTT. The funny money. So neither of Sam's companies had any liquidity. They only had fake money. Turns out the CEO of Binance decided to liquidate roughly $530 million worth of FTT around this time which signaled FTX's customers to pull out two, and when they all did this at once, FTX saw an estimated $6 billion in withdrawals over the course of 72 hours. Which, of course, it couldn't fulfill because I just told you they didn't have any actual money. And hey, this is a very simplified version of events, but I believe I gave you the main highlights so we can move on to the bigger story. Back in 2019, Biden announced his presidential campaign, and just two weeks later, MIT graduate, early life Wikipedia tribe member, Silicon Valley's Sam Bankman-Fried, who is actually the son of Barbara Fried, who's a Stanford professor who happens to be the co-founder of Mind the Gap, a democratic political fundraising organization based in Silicon Valley. Sam's brother, Gabe, is founder of Guarding Against Pandemics, an organization that advocates for public investments to prevent the next pandemic. And Gabe was a legislative correspondent for the U.S. House of Representatives and an advisor to large political donors in the Democratic Party. But that's not all. Aunt Linda Freed is an epidemiologist and dean at Columbia. She specializes in aging. And her husband is an expert in HIV-AIDS. They both have strong links to the World Economic Forum. You can read about them on the WF's website. 
Anyway, Sam launched the FTX exchange two weeks after Biden announced his run for presidency. And somehow, in his late 20s, Sam became one of Biden's biggest donors. He reportedly has become the second largest donor to the Democrats right after George Soros. FTX was an overnight success and made Sam very rich. At his peak, he was reportedly worth $26 billion. And he'd even gotten celebs like Tom Brady and Giselle to promote his crypto exchange. Investment firm Sequoia Capital invested $213 million in Sam's company. Only for Sam to turn around and invest $500 million in Sequoia Capital. Not only that, but FTX purchased 30% of Anthony Scaramucci's Skybridge Capital. Once Biden was in office, he appointed Gary Gensler as the SEC chair. The daughter of Gary Gensler's boss at MIT, Caroline Ellison, is now the president of FTX's sister company. That's quite a web that's being woven when the SEC, or the Securities and Exchange Commission, is supposed to be protecting investors. In theory, they're supposed to be fair and not corrupt and impartial and all that. But I digress. FTX's head of ventures is Amy Wu, who used to work for the Clinton Foundation. And I'm undoubtedly going to butcher some of these names here, but it is what it is. FTX's policy and regulation head, Mark Wetchen, served as Obama's Commodity Futures Trading Commissioner. And there were reports that FTX wanted to spend over a billion dollars on the Democrat Party for 2024. According to another report by Coindesk, the Ukrainian government launched a crypto donations partnership with FTX in March of 2022. FTX was converting donations into fiat for a deposit at the National Bank of Ukraine. Aid for Ukraine was the official initiative that raised funds from the crypto community for the benefit of Ukraine's military and humanitarian needs. Quote, the Aid for Ukraine effort utilized FTX services to convert crypto funds received into fiat and send the donations to the National Bank of Ukraine, ultimately becoming the fifth largest charitable foundation assisting in the country's war effort. End quote. Let's just get all our ducks in a row here. The foreign aid that the U.S. government sent Ukraine was then put into FTX. And I just told you that the way exchanges make money is by transactions. So FTX made a ton of money from the U.S. government sending our tax dollars to Ukraine and Ukraine partnering with FTX, which Sam Bankman-Fried then turned around and donated to the Democratic Party. For the midterms alone, Sam gave Democrats $40 million from his now bankrupt crypto exchange. And it's pretty suspicious that the downfall of FTX happened right after midterms. To summarize and make sure we have this right, you, the taxpayer, give your hard-earned money to the American government. The American government turns around and gives it to Ukraine, and Ukraine runs your donations through FTX. And then the FTX founder takes your money and gives it to the Democrats. So do you think Democrats will give back this tainted money after this whole scandal? Totally a rhetorical question, but I think it should be demanded of them. It's only fair, you know? But in all seriousness, I think the Sam Bankman-Fried character was set up to fall. His whole rise was too manufactured, too quick, and now his bankrupt company sets up the perfect example for people to demand federal control of cryptocurrency and trading, for them to demand government regulation. They fried the bankman. You get it? What do you think, internet friends? You know, I always look forward to your comments. Thank you so much for watching, and so I'm surprised. It's a big club, and you ain't in it.
<laughs> yeah, that was good. I mean, so here's my question. And yep. this is why I push back on on one kind of tweet thread that talked about Ukraine. Yep. In general, foreign military aid is not cash. Okay. So Yeah, right, right, right. You know, usually it's like, hey, we're going to sell you these weapons, but we know you don't have money to pay for them. So it's just like we're the U.S. government pays the military industrial complex to send you a bunch of stuff you need for the war that they're supporting. Well, you're a smart guy, Andrew, and that is the biggest, you know, whether it was fact checkers who fact checked you know, the claim of Ukraine or it was, you know, I know on Grand Theft World, they questioned it. I think on a couple of uh, Rumble videos, they questioned it. it. It It's like everything else with Ukraine. You can't find hard evidence of anything. Yeah. You know, there's the a lot of weapons. Labs yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't find anything. So yeah. is there is there smoke? Is it possible the Bank of Ukraine was using FTX to, you know, branch out into crypto and send their money around absolutely is it absolutely mm-hmm. is it certifiably provable do we have the documents do we, we got the receipts no we don't even have the mike lindale real-time crime desk <laughs> we got it, it it's more baloney i mean it, it's, it's ukraine is it continues to be the slush fund of the well, democrat party it's unbelievable there might have been another step in that process that she talked about weapons show up Weapon gets gets sold on the black market. Sold, yeah. And then the money gets filtered yeah. back through. Be- because, F- and that's another thing we know, haven't talked partially about. Partially through FTX. And- it's another thing we haven't talked about in the show, but Jimmy Dore was going on and on about it a, a week or so ago. But it's, they're down to like 30% of the weapons they know where they are. Yeah. 70% yeah. of the weapons we're sending to Ukraine are no longer in Ukraine. Yeah, they're just getting resold crazy <laughs> videos of people in, in africa and other places just coming up on containers full of automatic weapons tanks hummers all kinds of cool stuff oh, well you know we got we can't have china taking over africa we gotta feed the uh, insurrection that will starve into existence and weapons yeah. Send send some military some military aid over to the open air slave trade there in Libya. Yeah. Since Barack Obama fixed that whole deal. Yeah, this is you know, this is ongoing. This is the fast and furious stuff all the way to yep. Yeah, Libya and the it ties you know, right back into Whitney Webb and the the America home of blackmail. I mean, one nation under blackmail and the one nation under blackmail. Yeah, James Corbett. Just James interviewed, interviewed her. About that. Yep, yep. Although, I loved I loved his interview style. It was like, yeah, this is impossible. So yeah, <laughs> you just you just rant and I'll try and point you in directions. But there's crazy stuff going on in that, and it's just it's the yeah. same people in headed in the same direction with some infighting. But the way they come up with money is, I mean. I'll be honest. Some of it's ingenious. Like the whole, the whole uh, taking all of the. Remember uh, the unemployment money scam from the. Oh pan- yeah, yeah. I mean that was a, that was a genius move. I don't know. I mean it's 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 insidious and insane. But like, there was a ton of people in Washington State who had their unemployment benefits like 
claimed for them. They were just stealing unemployment benefits like, from the state of Washington. It's just these these well, yeah, schemes all the are crazy. all the COVID money. There were like little tiny like one person businesses that were that got like fifty million dollars, and you know, and they announced a few of them, and they arrest a few people, but not nearly at the scale. If the key is that if you're in the club, you get away with it. You get away with it, but it, but it wasn't just that. I they were, I I honestly think, and there, I have no proof for this, but I think that Hillary and some of the Democrat Party were scamming the unemployment money at benefits out of the Western uh, West Coast states. They mm. were using, you know, scammers or whatever. They're you know her so-called techno experts. You betcha. They were logging in, using... so All you need socials, really, and names. Get in there, claim well, your unemployment benefits, get them all sent to you. I mean, the the ways the, that these people come up with to get massive amounts of money is... The just, Clinton Foundation was pretty much dusted. And I... When did they start perking back up? Was it when Joe Biden started? Was that the deal? It's like, okay, Joe, you get to run. Hillary won't run against you, but... You're going to make sure that some money gets to the Clinton Foundation. I can't believe it's still around. I mean, it's like the the, the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, it's, it's back. It's, oh, it's back and it's money's flowing into it. So there's... I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's down to, you know, the, the Secretary of... Uh, crypto like digital banking and crypto for Obama is working within FTX. I mean, it's just... It's just a huge mess. Like, what yeah. in the world? And one last thing on the elections that I forgot to mention is that the Democrats spent, I forget the amount. Oh, yeah. But it was like a factor of a hundred or a thousand times the Republicans on Secretary of State races. Yeah. In other words, who gets to oversee the elections? It used to be just kind of a kind of meaningless post there well, the secretary of state they're usually kind of like the backup governor you know mm-hmm. like vice president style but oh no they put a ton of money into that just like they just like soros put a bunch of money into uh district attorney races so this just as we're doing the show late on uh tuesday night this sbf Bank Bankman Freed or whatever, which I thought was interesting. Bankman Fried is the way it's spelled, which yeah. is cute of her to figure that out. But uh, this guy just tweeted out SBF literally today. Uh, first tweet what, second tweet H, and basically he tweeted Spells out, out what happened. What happened? Not legal advice, not financial advice. This is all I remember, but my memory might be faulty. I'll get to what happened, but for now, let's talk about where we are today post uh with the potential for errors alameda had more assets and liabilities my goal is to do right by the customers i'm contributing everything i can my goal is to clean up and focus on transparency make customers whole a few weeks ago ftx was handling 10 billion dollars a day of volume and billions of transfers but there was too much leverage more than i realized i I run on the bank and a market crash exhausted liquidity so what can i do raise liquidity and make customers whole again and restart what in the world? He's basically explaining what a Ponzi scheme is. Make customers yeah. whole. Take investors' comp- uh, money and give it to the people who you, you owe money to. 
maybe I'll fail. Maybe I won't get anything more than a few customers. What's already there. I've certainly failed before. You know, all that now all too well. This is from like an hour, a couple hours ago, but all I could do is try. I failed enough for the month. Part of me thinks I might get somewhere. Kim.com says, go ahead and raise money and, but you need to talk to us and figure out what's going on. And then of course, Elon Musk retweets the whole thread and says, can you believe this app only costs $8 a month? This is amazing. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, I mean, like I said, we I did completely distrust him, but I'm here for the show. It's what he's doing on Twitter is hilarious, like especially his actual tweets or whoever's writing them, whoever's actually writing this stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, end rant. Uh, just wow, there's no end to this. And this, this truly does feel like a story that you could investigate for just nonstop like you would never stop finding out more and more stuff yep. about this this is just yeah and this it's real-time gangster stuff live in in our face yeah racketeering and, uh, blackmail just, money laundering just like, all right here uh hunter biden doesn't get you know millions of dollars thrown at him by chinese companies other than because of who's sunny is and no no no, spots on ukrainian oil companies and what have you this guy this kid it's not because he wears cargo shorts it's not because he charmed investors it's because of who his parents are yep 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 ten percent for the big guy ten (laughs) percent for the big guy so i I mean, it is possible that he is so, you know, naive that he didn't realize that he was scamming everyone. You know, it just blew up and he didn't realize what was going on. I mean, that's kind of the tweet thread seems to be what he's arguing is that, oh, well, you know, it's just. But uh, why? Why exactly did that money keep finding its way out the back door and going to the weird girl you were sleeping with and her, you know, the shell company? And I don't know. It's lots of questions there. Yeah. yeah. Is, I, he, is he just I, an un, unwitting dupe? I mean, is he just the, so, he's the same as uh, Joe Biden as head of the country, just the guy that's going to be there? My prediction is they're going to say, you know, look at this terrible stuff he did. But as it turns out, because this is was so unregulated and wild, wild west, it wasn't illegal and he's not going to jail. But that shows how we need to change the rules. I think that's the that's my prediction. Who do we get to change the rules? Is there anybody... Like, who's the least trustworthy person on the planet we can get to change the rules? Elizabeth Warren. No. <laughs> actually, that, that, that's, that's actually that's, that's actually who they'll go with. Yeah. Liz, like, I want a, I want like a, like a combo deal. It'll I want, be, I want it'll Elizabeth, be her, Elizabeth Warren and Ghislaine Maxwell on like a Zoom call fixing crypto. Well, her and Ocasio-Cortez, oh. you know, will be <laughs> just, they will protect us from ourselves. Shout out now, to Primetime99, Alex Stein. You know, I I don't mean to pry, Tim, but yeah. were you 
ever at any point tempted to put one dime into FTX? No. 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 Like this thing, it I, looked I almost, like a scam the entire time. I almost put a dime into to their main competitor, Binance, but I even changed my I, my my. Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't yeah. do it on that one either. I'm not. I'm not a very big crypto bro, though. Well, and we we got. Uh, they were certainly not recommended by our listener who gave us good advice on. Oh, crypto. did he did he tell us to stay away from steer clear of FTX? No, he just said which ones were like trustworthy as far as well, just exchanges in general. He just sure. said you don't want to be on an exchange, you want to be It's essentially a just wallet. a bank. Yeah. You want to have a wallet, so so it's and it's true if anyone's offering you interest like <laughs> if there's interest being paid, there's some risk going on. So it's oh yeah, just leave your money here; it'll be fine. That's so, our job. We just yeah. look out for them. All right. Well, you want to do some uh, some COVID slash vaccine stuff? Sure, I got a I got a, a clip on that, but let's. I've what got, do you got? Th- what do we got? I've got a throwback clip from What's Her Face. I don't think we ever played it on the show. Maybe we did, but it's it's an oldie but a goodie. What's Her Face mask, good person rant. Also, What's Her Face is literally her name on Twitter, not Andrew being rude. Yeah. My apologies. I was wearing my mask because I just got back from a full day of being a good person. I love my mask because it's a simple yet effective way to display my righteousness. Am I concerned that two children in China dropped dead because they were forced to wear masks in gym class? Nope. Am I concerned that we're creating a generation of children who will be socially awkward and conditioned to fear their fellow man? No. Am I concerned that I'm contributing to an impending socialist technocracy that will enslave the global population? Not even a little bit. Am I concerned that my mask is symbolic of my compliance to the social conditioning that will eventually lead to the forced vaccination of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? Not a chance. And why am I not concerned, you ask? I'm not concerned because I decided a long time ago that shallow and significant gestures are a much easier way to showcase my morality than actually being moral. Because in order to be a real good person, I gotta stand up to a real bad person. And I don't like standing up to or for anything. I've decided that it's much easier to trick my own mind into thinking compliance is a virtue instead of what compliance actually is. Cowardice. I prefer to float through life completely ignorant to the fact that every socialist takeover has always begun in the exact same way. With government overreach, public shaming, censorship, and a toilet paper shortage. Don't believe me? Google toilet paper shortage in communist Russia. Did you think you were having a unique experience? I prefer to pretend history never repeats itself so that I can stand by and turn a blind eye every time history repeats itself. I prefer to call anyone who speaks up, fights back, or stands their ground a lunatic or a conspiracy theorist so that I don't feel obligated to do my own research. Research takes away from me time. And lastly, I prefer to put on my mask and stand among a sea of masks so that I never have to be seen, be free, or reveal the deep dark shadows that lurk within me. (laughs) I thought that was a good one. Yeah. But, uh... JP Sears did a video this week on the response to uh, or maybe it was last week on the response to the you know everybody had to do their take on the amnesty for the, oh okay yeah yep. and he but one of the things he said in there really stuck out to me i thought was good it's like 
I don't have a problem forgiving you, but I will never forget that when times got tough, you gave up all of your critical thinking fac- uh, faculties and handed them over to the least trustworthy source of that imaginable, the mainstream <laughs> media. Yeah. So maybe next time things start to get go go kind of sideways, let's try to keep our critical thinking faculties internal and think through things instead of giving up our decision-making skills to the mainstream media. Yeah. Which I thought was a great way to say it. Indeed, yeah. Well, so there is... Oh man, it's, that was a good one. It's a long one, though. I already. What do we got? There's oh, a, f- a few good ones. Just a, a couple quick. Oh my gosh, got some interesting clips in here today. Couple quick uh, economic deals: Amazon firing ten thousand employees, largest layoff in company history. We tell me, the... tell me more. Where's this? That's interesting. Um, I haven't heard that. Okay. It was. Let's pull it up here. Over the past month, technology companies, it's, I got it from Zero Hedge, okay. uh, have laid off tens of thousands of employees, and the momentum in layoffs only appears to be worsening. According to a new report via New York Times this morning, Amazon could add to the count this week as approximately 10,000 people in corporate and technology jobs will be slashed in what could be the most sig- significant job cut in the company's history. People with the direct knowledge of the layoff plan said job cuts would be focused on Amazon's devices organization, including the voice assistant Alexa, its retail division, and human resources. Total number of layoffs remains fluid, but if it stays around 10,000, that would represent roughly 3% of Amazon's corporate employees and less than 1% of its global workforce of more than 1.5 million, which is primarily composed of hourly workers. It is, it's going to be Seattle and Silicon Valley types. That's that's enough. I, I sold Range Rovers to people within HR up there. Well, um, they made really, really good money. But I do want to read the rest, though, because it talks about the other companies. Sure. And I yeah, think yeah. there's... Well, their I devices think, have always been cheesy. I think the, the Kindle, I'm sure some people out there have Kindles. For some reason, they've been the de facto cheap like device to give to your children as far as a hmm. tablet. Uh, the Alexa is literally the only successful device they've made. They've made phones. They've made all kinds of stuff. None of it. Oh, ever. they had to pretty much give away the Alexa, though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that they ever made money on it. but yeah. yeah, I have a Paperwhite. I think that's a nice product. It's pretty much the only device from amazon i think that i, I like that's the kindle paperwhite where you it's, mm. it's, it's a it's basically looks like, like a, paper yeah it looks, it looks like a calculator screen and it's it's white uh yeah. and it just you know it doesn't hurt your eyes doesn't have that blue light you don't have to go night mode with it oh i forgot about night mode i should change uh, maybe after the break i'll change to night broke mode. i'm night mode right now i'm night mode all day baby let's go <laughs> rest these eyes a deteriorating macroeconomic backdrop led America's second largest employer to announce a hiring freeze in early October. Amazon recruiters were instructed to halt all hiring for corporate roles, including technology positions globally in its Amazon stores businesses, which covers the company's retail and operations and accounts for the bulk of Amazon sales by mid-October. Then in late October, the company froze hiring for its lucrative web services division, Amazon Web Services. Amazon shares pumped and dumped on today's news. 
Amazon would become the latest tech company to reduce headcount. Just in the last few months, Twitter, Facebook, Parent Meta, uh, or Facebook Parent Meta, ride-hailing company Lyft, software service from Salesforce, payment platform Stripe, and a growing list of tech companies have announced layoffs of engineers, salespeople, and support staff. Layoffs in 2022 by percentage of workforce. Twitter, 50%. Intel, 20%. Snapchat, 20%. Coinbase, 18%. Meta, 13%. Redfin, 13%. Credit Suisse, 5%. Goldman Sachs, 3%. Amazon, 1%. Or, sorry, Microsoft, 1%. Amazon, we just had the, you know, potentially... 1% 1% to 3% type deal, depending on how you measure it. And Apple hiring freeze. The layoffs are now spreading beyond tech. Uh, There's I'd, a hiring freeze within some local technology companies here as well. I kind of feel like there is an agenda. Well, yeah, I would just... How about this for a conspiracy theory? The number one thing that you... The number one percentage that you just listed was Twitter... What if the shareholders came up with a way to have renegade maverick, people's man of the people, Elon Musk, come in and lay off half of the workforce? Just to be the bad guy? Just to be the bad guy without the stock completely tanking. Because he's Elon and he has a plan and he's got SpaceX and cool So it looks like it's just him just being random rather than something that had to happen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How's that for a conspiracy theory? Everybody's well. I mean, the, the people that sold it obviously are like, "Oh, let's get out of this dog." Yeah, <laughs> we will sue you to force you to take this company off our hands after, after initially like, "Oh no, we don't want to sell." It's a two pronged <laughs> attack then, because then he comes in, he's like, "I'm the people's champ. Let me do some people liking things, things that people like, but get rid of absolutely everybody," and then. It's weird. He like got half the country to cheer on. Like he's firing Twitter employees. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yep. Well, so the twenty twenty two. If we get if we get a chance to talk to James Corbett soon, I want to talk to him about this because he, this was he was predicting some sort of cyber event. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we've got all these tech workers. Lots of different companies, mm. um, and there's certainly reason for firing employees, like at at Meta. You know, no one in the metaverse. That's a problem when you're spending billions of dollars on the metaverse that and no one decided they wanted to go to. <laughs> but remember the event uh, or the outage at Facebook that seemed kind of like sabotage. Yes, 100. I remember that. That was an eerie, weird six-hour day six hours of a day there and there's been there was some amazon outage issues um not quite as like oh this was a sabotage thing but you know you lay enough people off someone that knows how to inflict some pain is going to inflict some pain and i i feel like they're either setting someone up for that or um just wanting oh, it to, oh, to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, look, the, look at this terrible, insecure world. Kind of like the, the, you know, FTX crypto crash related related to that. It, Canada had their one of their biggest internet providers go down for like a long time. You know, and they, 
they don't have a a good explanation for it and it just so happened to be at the same time the um i forget whether it was world economic forum or a, a different organization was having their their drill about um what would happen with an extended internet outage what you know hmm that'd be funny and what what about if uh, all the banks were offline and so i i kind of feel like they are laying the groundwork for that at some level whether it's a sabotage thing or it's not sabotage but they can they can blame it on a disgruntled employee or they can I don't know. There's there's an agenda at work here, um, especially with Amazon. I mean, does Amazon really need to be laying off a bunch of employees? I guess their stock isn't doing all that great, but who knows? The I could tell <laughs> the, some people in HR made too much money. I could tell you that one hundred percent for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. And these these people, you know, it was Silicon Valley. It was all these kind of similar technology companies. When you start laying off a bunch of people, I don't know if those jobs are coming back. Those people making a bunch of money, I, you know, all of a sudden, oh, things are looking up. We're rehiring and we're bringing in people from India. In- yeah. yeah. Well, Amazon always had a mix of that. There was always H-1B visas, people from India, people from China, people from all over the world. And then there was the people from all over the country. Yeah. So HR people, meaning people that literally worked in the HR department, were getting yeah. tons of money? Yes. Why? It's like the easiest job ever. I don't know, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, you know... Software engineer, fine. It makes sense to pay them a lot of no, money. No, no, no. Soft, software engineers, no, no, no. The, I, I, so the weird part about Amazon and a lot of these tech companies, software engineers are a dime a dozen. You can get them hmm. anywhere. They're, I mean, it's good ones, sure, they, they, they get paid some money. But I, I saw software engineers getting paid anywhere from 70 to 100, 150 pretty regularly. It's pretty much the 100, $150,000 a year range. But... uh couple people at hr made like 20 30 grand a month <laughs> wow huh. it, it's a did big they get to just like make up their company. own salary was that one of the perks of being an hr employee like you no. decide what you're worth no yeah. i think you scale it i think the company is that big and then you scale it for how many people are under you oh okay and so yeah. you, you could technically be hr for you know if you're in seattle at the home base you could be hr for the whole west coast or something if something went high enough in hr i don't know how this works don't make me try to explain i'm just telling you some of these people are making too much money it does not surprise me they're being laid off if you're financially incentivized to have more people working for you you're financially incentivized to hire more people than you probably need to yeah there you go right that's it spot the flaw in the system andrew did it in 0.2 seconds it's like government uh regulating government government math you can know, you, you got to spend all your budgetary, you got to spend more than your budget so that you can ask for more money next year. Yeah, don't worry, we're cutting the budget next year. It's only a the, 3% increase, not 5 So this The Sibel Edmonds book about her experience where she got in trouble for not spending money. You know? Yeah. 
Well, you got to spend it all. That way you get more. That's how this works, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> well. So, oh, let's see. I think I had one more. Economic. Oh, there's a disgusting article. <laughs> from a lady at Pfizer. She's retiring, you know, to cash in the golden parachute after making the amazing COVID vaccine. Recently retired head of vaccine R&D at Pfizer, Catherine Jansen, discusses the lightning speed development of SARS-CoV-2 vaccines and the implications for vaccine platforms. Yeah. Hope the money was worth it. Uh, Not really. I don't hope that. Evelyn de Rothschild died. Did we did we mention that last week? No, I don't think I don't think we did. I don't think it. I think it was yet. just about exactly right a week ago. Sh- yeah. So eh, it just always reminds me of the Thrice song about the all the great men of power, but we're actually we are beggars all. So sure. And if anyone was going to get the life extension and the super duper, you know, transhuman upgrades, it would be Evelyn de Rothschild, and he is still very much dead. So Yes, he is. Yes, yes, he is. And uh, a more formerly local story for me, the Nike Community Store. Oh, yeah. Been closed in Portland. Been closed for weeks due to thefts. They, they just... They, they put a sign that said closed for a week, and that was like two months ago. Wow. Yeah, just not worth it. People just carrying, people just brazenly carrying stuff out of the store, like not even, not even, you know, surreptitiously shoplifting, just carrying stuff out. Like, what are you going to do? Go ahead and call the cops. They won't show up. Right in downtown Portland. I've been to that store. That's wild. So, yeah, but been there since 1984. So, mm. store is a big deal too. That's yeah. lame. That's lame. I bet a lot of people are mad about that. Phil Knight gave a f- took some heat for giving a bunch of money to the Republican candidate for governor, but uh, didn't do any good. Tina Kotek. No, the. The gal running against Tina Kotek. No, I know, but Tina's Tina's the the gal now, right? Oh yeah, she won. She I, won in quotes the yeah. election. Well, like, I was she she can't get fifty people to like her social media posts, but <laughs> <laughs> totally legitimate election. People Kiss, in Oregon love her. Kissed into the election. Well, I mean, I was yeah. thinking about it, and I was looking at her, and I was like, you know, who is this gal, and what platform is she running on? I started looking at some of her policies like this is all terrible nobody's going to vote for her and then I was like you know but she's got she's got the look at me I'm a lesbian haircut so no no no, I, no, so that, no that's oh you killed my punchline bro oh I'm sorry, sorry. I was looking at her I was like these policies are all terrible how could you possibly get elected oh does she oh. like other women perhaps doesn't like men like at all ding 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 <laughs> Governor, yeah, one of fifty. Come on down with the and 
joining the West Coast Alliance of like we will kill all all the country's babies. We'll kill them all here. Just bring them in. Not only kill all the, 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 the Gavin Newsom is nothing if not thorough. We will kill all of the country's babies. Come on over. Let's have a little abortion vacay. That way you can get everything taken care of. And then if you you know if your child somehow is born you know anyway and gets to be seven or eight years old and decides that they want to start wearing other kinds of clothing and you jump to the conclusion that you should cut their genitals off also gavin newsom here for you just fly to california and they have people there that will help your your child without parental consent cut off their genitals and and be mutilated there's Zoom groups uh, being broadcast out from for, California to the for, whole country. From the state that brought you forced sterilization into the 1980s. <laughs> we got to move on. Even my it, even my heavy sarcasm isn't, isn't It might have been 1990s, but it was at least the 1980s. They were still doing forced sterilizations in California and had eugenics laws on the book. On the books. So even my incredible sarcasm can't cover the darkness of this this uh this thought direction. So, uh we have read some NS Lion substacks yep. on here before. Yep. yep. So he did a post which you know I I thought about it, but obviously I didn't do the I didn't do the write up. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing cause some of it's behind a paywall and I don't want to, uh, disrespect that, but, uh, and it's also, it's very long and I don't want to read all of it, but a prophecy of evil token Lewis and technocratic nihilism. Our most firesighted seers knew the war for humanity had begun. Which dystopian writer saw it all coming? Of all the famous authors of the 20th century, who crafted worlds meant as warnings who has proved most prophetic about the afflictions of the 21st century? George Orwell, Aldous Huxley, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury? Each of these, among others, have proved far too disturbingly prescient about many aspects of our present as far as I'm concerned. But it could be that none of them were quite as far-sighted as the fairy tale spinners. C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, fast friends and fellow members of the Inklings, the famous club of pioneering fantasy writers at Oxford in the 30s and 40s, are not typically thought of as dystopian authors. They certainly never claimed the title. After all, they wrote tales of fantastical adventure, heroism, and mythology that have delighted children and adults ever since. Not prophecies of boots stamping on human faces forever. And yet, their stories and nonfiction essays contain warnings that might have struck uh, more surely to the heart of our emerging 21st century dystopia than any other. The disenchantment and demoralization of a world produced by the foolishly blinkered debunkers of the intelligentsia, the catastrophic corruption of genuine education, the in- inevitable collapse of dominating ideologies of pure materialist rationalism and progress into pure subjectivity and nihilism, the inherent connection between the loss of any objective value and the emergence of a perverse techno-state obsessively seeking first total control over humanity and then in the end the final abolition of humanity itself, 
Tolkien and Lewis foresaw all of the darkest winds that now gather in the growing with in growing intensity today. But ultimately, the shared strength of both authors may have been something even more straightforward, a willingness to speak plainly and openly about the existence and nature of evil. Mankind, they saw, could not resist opening the door to the dark, even with the best of intentions, and so they offered up a way to resist it. Um, Subjectivism's insidious seeds. The practical result of education in the spirit of the Green Book must be the destruction of the society which accepts it. When Lewis delivered this line in a series of February 1943 lectures that would later be published as a short book, The Abolition of Man, which is very good, by the way, it must have sounded rather ridiculous. Britain was literally in a war for its survival its cities being bombed and its soldiers killed in a great struggle with Hitler's Germany, and Lewis was trying to sound the air raid siren over an education textbook. But Lewis was urgent about the danger coming down the road, a menace he saw just as threatening as Nazism, and in fact deeply intertwined with it. Given that, the process which, if not checked, will abolish man goes on apace among communists and democrats no less than among fascists. The methods may differ at first, or the methods may at first differ in brutality, but many a wild-eyed scientist in a pince-nez, many a popular dramatist, many an amateur philosopher, in our midst means in the long run just the same as the Nazi rulers of Germany. Traditional values are to be debunked, and mankind to be cut in some, into some fresh shape at will, which must, by hypothesis, be an arbitrary will of, of some few lucky people. Unfortunately, as Lewis would later lament, abolition was almost totally ignored by the public at the time. But now that our society seems to be truly well along the process of self-destruction, kicked off by education in the spirit of the Green Book, it might be about time we all grasp what he was trying to warn us about. This Green Book that Lewis viewed as such a symbol of menace was his polite pseudonym for a fashionable contemporary English textbook actually titled The Control of Language. This textbook was itself a popular popularization for children of the trendy new postmodern philosophy of logical positivism, as advanced in another book, I.A. Richards' Principles of Literary Criticism. Logical positivism saw itself as championing purely scientific, purely objective scientific knowledge and was determined to prove that all metaphysical priors were not only false, but wholly meaningless. In truth, however, it was as Lewis quickly realized, actually a philosophy of pure subjectivism, and thus, as we shall see, a sure path straight into absolute void. Uh, I'll pause there. Do you have any any comments? No. I like... So, uh, this is a recurring theme in the show. To, to, until yeah. I, fi- I finally read it. You finally you said it to me, and I finally read the... Uh, I forgot the name of it now. Uh, that hideous strength. Yeah, that one. I know that's not what we're talking about now, but it is interesting. To I know. I need to reread that one because that that is another one in in my book that should be in the same category as 1984 and Brave New World. But you always said that, and that's yeah, what got me yeah. to read it. Uh, they really did nail the in the in that book. He nails the uh, education part, which is what yeah. we're getting in in this version too, which is interesting. They really did see that coming. Yes. The Marx, the Marxist kind of influences or Fabian influences within 
education. Yeah, and what happens when you when you remove God? What the implications are? And Lewis, you know, he wrote a lot about that and talked about, um, you know, religious Christians were accused of being superstitious when in reality the real superstition is when you when you try to deny God and all the things that go into that and man you that's what many people have observed today is the the covid religion you know the mask wearing and the rituals and the the baptism it's, it's very much a yeah with the with the vaccines the the spiritual experience of the vaccines it's talked about the uh, daily sacrament of putting on the mask yeah so there's saint fauci look up to saint fauci yeah so so he he also talks about played that clip it was a guy who asked a yeah a a priest what do you think about these three things and in in reference to religion and the priest is like yes there's a lot there and so further so he talks about tolkien and lord of the rings which we've talked about as well there's a actually a film literature new world order corbett report with with yours truly talking about that that subject and uh he does talk about that hideous strength further down um including the nice the National Institute for Coordinated Experiments to yeah. our destiny through science with science all in bold, you know. Science, he nailed it, huh? Yeah, he, he nailed it with the the head in the jar. You know, they all yeah. go go get their marching orders from a kind of demonically uh, animated head in a jar. You get the Janet Napolitano type character running all the the secret police yeah it's a it's a book worth reading i need to reread that book so i gave it to you do you still have it i do i think i, I, I would i would never get rid of the, the book yeah no. I, I, I hold on to all of my books i might have to to reborrow it from you but uh yeah that's anyway good article and I don't know who NS Lyons is, but I feel like we would we would be friends. I agree. <laughs> so similar tastes in uh I don't know, whatever type of literature you want to call it, since it's not dystopian, but futuristic with the future not being especially bright. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so where all this goes, it doesn't go good places. No, absolutely not. And I got, I had, I have some clips. Speaking of a he, uh, a head in, um, in a head jar. In jar. Yeah, talking <laughs> to everybody. I, I I forgot. Maddie B sent some more clips, and I haven't played them on the show yet. This, you know, transhumanism. Transhumanism. You could live forever. Some of them are dumb enough to believe that garbage. Looking at you, Jared Kushner. Transhumanism. You could live forever. You could live forever. That could be our. Yeah. That could be the intro for our transhumanism uh, segment. 
Just transhumanism. Transhumanism. You could live forever. Yeah. Transhumanism. And then you just add uh, add people to the list. Evelyn de Rothschild didn't live forever. Yeah. Transhumanism. You well, could live forever. Didn't live forever the way he thought he was Tran- going to be able to. Transhumanism. <laughs> All right. You could live forever. Enough of the clips. That was yeah. that was the long one. Okay. All right. That was a little little too slow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other ones are all right. Other than the annoying voice in them. But <laughs> it's better than my good, laugh good set clips. to music. Better than my laugh set to music. All right. We got, uh, I've got some second half of show material. Let's do that. We should thank people. Revelations Radio. Well, I'm equally unprepared for this week's uh, donation segment as I was last week, so I will go directly to the source. While you're doing that, I will say that, Stefan, in Germany, your book is on the way. Yeah, sweet. All right, what do we got? So last week's show, what's the cutoff? Uh, The ninth. we'll call it the ninth. So, logging into PayPal, we've had one donation. Okay. <laughs> and that is from God's Property Media. He sent us $15. So thank you to thank you Sam. Sam, that's right. Yeah. And that's it. So then we'll go over to not PayPal, but the old Give Send Go. I think we got a little bit more over there. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. Oh. I don't want to donate to this campaign. Thank you very much. So our friend Caroline was from eight days ago. So uh, I think six, we I think we covered hers. Yep, and I think we covered Eric because Eric said no need for a book because he didn't want me to ask him for a book yep. again. Yep. So next up is Danny, twenty five dollars. I'm gonna say that's Danny from Medford, Oregon, and probably right after. Our episode went out. Exactly. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate you. You always he's, he's just hoping see you're you're wanting to do these three hour, six hour episodes. We should put Danny to the test and put out like a million five minute episodes. <laughs> I'm not wanting see if he still donates twenty five dollars per I don't, episode. I don't want to do six hour episodes. <laughs> Caleb, much love to you brothers. Thirty three dollars. He gave us the magic number, so there we go. And then last up, Gareth. Did you see this one over there on Give, Send, Go? No, I I have never been to our Give, Send, Go page. So. You should you should check it out, Andrew. I you should. have. I think you did live when I showed it to you, when I made it. But Gareth says, it's all Corbett's fault. I'm now addicted to your podcast and I listen every week. Thank you both for your work, sanity, and unfailing good humor. Proper British spelling of humor. There's a U in there, Andrew. Uh, nice. Gareth, a Welsh listener in London, UK. P.S. I've heard of Charlemagne. Is it this one? I'm going to go ahead and answer you on that is not the Charlemagne. This is a oh, okay. hip-hop yeah. type person from uh, Atlanta uh, who is on a morning radio show. The thing in that you New sent York. me is a... Is it? Is he in New York? Charlemagne? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it's New York. 
And I didn't say it because it's blasphemous, but for those people who are curious, what this band goes this band goes by Charlemagne the God. If you put that into a search engine, it will pull up this person that we were talking about. I consistently said something else. I think I said the fraud or something because <laughs> I don't want to say some blasphemous stuff about somebody else yeah. being God. And so that might have uh, have told you. Anyway, that's who it is. No big deal. That's already way too much time spent on this meaningless character. Uh, moving right along. I didn't do the thing, but everybody should already know. I am a... We are a listener-supported podcast, and that is what we do. We basically don't take ads we just take donations and that is what we depend on to make this all go uh, you can donate via buy me a coffee via give send go via paypal via bitcoin via p.o box oh andrew did we get a p.o box donation we did it's in the other room i'm gonna go get it i gotta okay. go you want I me actually, to i actually saved reading it for yeah uh, anything you could do just give me a couple seconds here so do i have a clip i could play uh no just give me a second take a second oh, I'll, I'll talk to the people i mean you know i like to i like to pretend that tim is super necessary to the show and just because no episodes would ever get recorded without him you know we don't want him getting a big head and thinking He's All super right. important. What is? Nothing. Alright. Just carry on. Blow out your eardrums yet? It's not the worst. I kind of knew it was coming because he went to go get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. How would you say the name A-R-I-C? Eric. I would say the same. Eric from Pittsburgh, who has sent... I, it's a f- very familiar name. He has sent us stuff before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a note here, which, I mean, if you didn't want us to read it, you would have to tell me. By the way, if you send in a letter, some sort of letter or card or whatever, it's a very good chance of getting read, read, read on the show. And if you don't want that, please uh, specify in the letter that this is just for me and Andrew. I haven't read this. I actually picked this up today or yesterday and then thought, you know, I'm going to fold this up and not read it and then I'll read it, do a cold read on the show. You and me, we're hearing this for the first time. You ready? Ready. Hello, Tim and Andrew. Greetings. It has been a few months since my last donation to Revelations Radio News Podcast. I've been listening to the podcast and want to thank you both for continuing doing weekly podcasts. Money has been tight, but I've kept your families in my prayers. Thank you. That is huge. I appreciate that more than, almost more than money. Absolutely. Thank you. I've included a donation with this letter. I had two things I wanted to mention based on topics that were brought up on previous episodes. First, Lyme disease, which Andrew has mentioned several times. I have removed many ticks uh, in my life, but in June this year, my number came up. I was working in the yard. I was very dirty. I didn't realize there was a very small tick on my bicep. I thought it was a piece of dirt. Side note is, funny thing is that I'm 46 years old, and for the first time in my life, I have glasses specifically for reading. I couldn't see what I removed until I pulled my hand far enough away to allow my eyes to adjust, and it was a tick. I kept an eye on my bicep looking for the ring around the bite. After about 10 days, I started to get very sick. 
massive headaches, which literally made my hair follicles hurt to the touch. Hmm. I need some sort of water. I wish that you could take over reading. Hold on. I got it, though. I had zero energy, severe body aches, elevated heart rate, resting and walking, red rashes on my torso, and I couldn't sleep more than five hours. After seven days, I thought I had COVID. However, it got much worse. The symptoms continued, but now I was waking up every two hours of sleep in excruciating pain. This was pain like I had never experienced in my life. My muscles ached, tri- uh, triceps, delts, and lats, and my lower back pain made it difficult to lay down or sit. The pain was so bad that I couldn't concentrate. I would basically walk around my house from midnight through 5.30 a.m. and pray to God to deliver me from the pain and suffering. It did not take the pain from me. I had to bear it. He did not take the pain from me. I had to bear it. I looked at it as an opportunity for penance, for which I, after which I was better, of course. When morning came, I, would, I, I made my first cup of coffee. As the morning progressed, the muscle aches and headache would be moderate dull pain allowing me to function and work i made it another five days until it was total exhaustion i called my doctor and explained my symptoms (coughs) i'm sorry guys and explained that i suspected that lyme disease was the cause she ordered me a set of blood tests and a prescription for 21 days of antibiotics it took an additional four days until i started to experience relief and slept more than two hours I didn't work out at all this entire time. Walking my dog was laborious enough. I will continue to keep an eye on my health for the next year or longer. I am back to cardiovascular and lifting weights again. I am very big on monitoring my heart. I realized the MAF, uh, what does that mean? MAF would be, can you figure that out for me? I utilize the MAF 180 heart rate formula, lifting weights, uh, excuse me, from Dr. Maffetone. To ensure I keep my heart in the most conservative aerobic range. Interesting. He's very in touch with his athletic side here. The episode in which Andrew mentioned copper was also very interesting to me. Being a a person affected by Lyme's disease. Andrew, do you think it has positive effects on your health? Second, I want to let you... I'm almost done. Uh, I have about two, two paragraphs left. I want to let you know that I am a uh, an advocate for zero drop shoes or barefoot walking. Well, there you go. Mm. My reasons are primarily the biomechanics aspect. Of course, I agree with that as well. I had many issues with my feet, and to make a long story short, I read a book called Born to Run, and I'm familiar with the. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the book. I ditched my big shoes that were designed to prevent pronation, a natural function of the body, and slowly reduced to a neutral shoe. Finally, zero drop shoe sandal. My sandal of preference to walk, hike, hike, and run in is the lunar Luna sandal made in Seattle. I'm a lunatic. The sneakers <laughs> I the sneakers I wear are zero shoes. I have zero sandals, by the way. Every chance I get, though, I'm barefoot. I would walk, run, barefoot everywhere, but I <clears throat> have a first world feet if you have ever seen third world feet as i did on my deployment the resemblance to leather comes to mind my feet legs and back have never felt better with a flat zero shoe sandal drop it's amazing one warning recommendations it takes time to transition to prevent injury it almost took me a year to transition my footwear and still keep my running mileage equal 
The most I've run is nine miles in my Luna sandals, but that is nothing. There are people who run three times what I run in sandals. It's crazy. Thank you for continuing the weekly podcast. I look forward to grabbing a cup of coffee after a morning workout and listening to your podcast. I'm sure it is a sacrifice for you both, but I really appreciate it, and I'm sure the rest of the Revelations Radio News listeners do as well. God bless you both, Eric. Well, thank you for that. And I guess my encouragement, hopefully uh, because he was aware of the Lyme disease right away, the antibiotics will, you know, more or less knock it out. But there, there's also the possibility of kind of co-infection stuff and basically stuff that goes dormant and then will come back later. So there's, you know, you keep an eye on it. Hopefully you're done with it, but uh, there's many people who, like, yeah, the antibiotics get rid of it, they feel a lot better, and then eventually something else, whether it's another trigger or, you know, just getting sick otherwise or, or just some other event and it can kind of reemerge. so just a heads up on that and it, at that point it's no longer you know the antibiotics aren't really going to do you any good so there's but there is some other stuff some <laughs> herbal remedies that that do help so and i i do think copper helps just in in general i don't know uh, it, I would say Lyme specifically, yes, because it it helps um, a lot of the stuff that Lyme disease messes up. So that's an encouraging report, then, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you. Um, question: So, can you just do a blood test at any time to find out if you have Lyme? Like, would you test? Is there a definitive test that you could do there? No. No, so the problem is that you do a PCR it, test. It's the inverse of the it's the inverse of the COVID scam. So the CDC has purposefully right. made testing for Lyme so that if you follow CDC guidelines, um, it's like eighty percent of people with Lyme disease will test negative by CDC guidelines. So right. it's it's vastly underreported, and the the problem with that then, well, your insurance company, you you got tested, you're negative, we're not paying for that, hmm. and so that's why it's become this big, big deal. More and more doctors are aware of Lyme disease, though. So the the horror stories of the, oh, it's all in your head, you're faking it, all that stuff is is mostly gone now. People, doctors acknowledge that Lyme disease is real. Um, Especially down and, here in the yeah. warmer climates with the with the deer ticks and the lone star tick and the yeah all the. So there's yeah there's, um, so that was a it was a written letter, right? Yes. Yeah, you might. No, no, typed, but so it's well, typed n- no, but I, I mean, we don't have as email uh, I actually might buddy I'll, I'll look it up and thank okay. you for reminding me there are 
I wanted to talk about emails. Go ahead. But what were you going to say? I was just going to say, uh, if I would send him a couple book recommendations, but so. Okay. Well, reach out to me, Eric. You can uh, email me at just go to revelationsradionews.com, go to the contact tab, or you could just email Tim at timkilkenny.com. I have some makeups to do. So I let my email inbox get out of control. You ever do that, Andrew? It's not good. Nope. I'd like, yeah, good for you. I had like 500 emails in there that were unread. And I apologize to everybody for that because I missed some good stuff. But. I missed some great stuff that I could have read on the show. Uh, One of them is from our friend Theo. Theo, Theo, the Canadian pilot. So he sent he sent a note along that just said, "Hey, are you getting my notes?" (laughs) It's like, uh oh. So I went back and kind of dug through my email inbox and found. He actually sent two, one in September and one in, this one came in a few days ago, about 10 days ago here in November. Hi, Tim and Andrew. I just gave a donation through Give, Send, Go. Didn't want to say my name in public, but not sure if it shows up as anonymous to you. Anyway, I already have two copies of Andrew's book. Uh, I gave one away, so that worked out. No further copies required. I really appreciate your faith in trust in God's guidance as you navigate these tumultuous times. Thought you might want to read conspiracy verses like Psalms 2 for the scripture times. So I included a passage for you to read from Psalm uh, 37, verse 7 through 11. Well, I got scripture of the day here. This is like a double up, Andrew. We're, we're, we're nailing it down here. Yeah, providing content. Providing the content, earth. yes. Thank you for providing the content. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not get upset because of one who is unsuccessful in his way. Because of the person who carries out wicked schemes, schemes, cease from anger and abandon wrath. Do not get upset. It leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be eliminated. But for those who wait in the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked person will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. That's good. Thank you, sir. He also says, the following is a trigger warning for Andrew, so feel free to censor this globe propaganda. This is a good transition. I'm back to flying again. Of course, now he's not a dirty, unvaccinated person. He's just a pilot who needs to... He's a pilot who can fly planes in a time where they need pilots that can fly planes. Right? Yeah, because he, he forgot how, you know, yeah. during that had to have your vax time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done it his whole life, but then, you know, now, anyway. I thought of you guys as the disk of the sun set below the horizon, and then as we took off and flew west, the sun rose above the horizon. What one would expect would happen while rising above the curvature of the earth. Also, while in the aircraft, I was traveling at 450 miles an hour. But I don't feel like I was moving at all. Almost like Newton's first law appears applies to being inside an aircraft and in motion of a spherical earth hurtling through space. Plato believed the earth was a sphere 2,500 years ago, so not something that began 500 years ago. 
And again, the ancient Egyptians calculated the curvature of the earth through 3,500 years ago uh, here. Uh, Andrew, I should note that there are one, two, three, four footnotes so far. Also, Bishop Nicole Oresme in the 1300s argued for a rotating earth here and here. All that I have to say is the recent phenomenon to argue for a rotating spherical earth. Uh, it's not a recent phenomenon to argue for a rotating spherical earth, nor an yeah, unbiblical the, one. It was just the pagans and the uh, fraudulent Catholic Church that were already on board. That's it. <laughs> All right, Andrew, forwarding this over to you. He brought content. He riled up Andrew. Trigger warning. He gave us a trigger warning. It's an awesome note all around. But I, I messaged yep. him a little bit back and forth. Always great to hear from you, Theo. Thank you for messaging us. And I apologize to anybody who I didn't get back to. Uh, we I was missing out on stuff that was yeah, being he sent could, in. Yeah, I could. I can take some of the email load. Feel free to forward stuff over. I think so. I tried to and it wasn't working. So I'll have to get. I'll have to look into that again because I have to change something on the page to get it to go through hmm. uh, you have this stuff based off of what came in so did you hear from a gentleman named Sebastian I think you did based off your own clips in the interest of keeping up with the latest information I thought I would forward this article from the spectator magazine I don't hear this disturbing reality discussed many podcasts or elsewhere but i know you guys read articles and do clips i thought you might want to look at this it might give some value keep up the good work this is from spectator.com.au what's in the shots which i think you have in oh yeah in, in your yeah. folder so did you get this as well no interesting no i just i got that from a Substack post okay so that's interesting <laughs> yeah okay came in from elsewhere so very cool and then one more that i'll just touch on and then we'll move on but i already i, I think i mentioned this in passing last week but now i have the actual email but our friend reno says that appears that concrete is somewhat conductive but its conductivity goes up or down with moisture so with a humid climate or wet feet it would conduct more in a desert climate it would not conduct much and resemble more of an insulator my hunch is that a human who is barefoot on a slab is at least somewhat grounded. I did not break out okay. my fluke DMM because of the oscilloscope would need to measure the tiny currents of the human body. If you ever get your hands on one, try holding its leads as you grunt or relax, even with or even think of things that make you feel mad or happy. It's absolutely fascinating. An oscilloscope <laughs> is basically a very sensitive voltmeter plotted visually as Y axis on the time axis X. Interesting. Concrete's conductivity is also augmented by the metal content in it. Rebar, for example, adds conductivity. Some inverters of them tube have uh, created a conductive concrete. Additionally, simple metal powder can be added to mix at the time that is created. Uh, the concrete that is. The world of concrete includes many more specialties check out these links for further links on the, uh, interest on the topic all right well thank you for that and i've i do have one to share uh terry sent me an email oh terry my friend back in oregon there that's right so he he says 
Hey, Andrew, I listen to the Critically Thinking program every week, mostly because I think Dr. T, that's Dr. Tenpenny, is the world's best vaccine expert, and the latest episode surprisingly touches on the flat earth issue a bit, starting at about 14 minutes. He's got the link there, and I've got a, I've got a clip. We'll listen to that shortly. Maybe you can look into this possibility of a recent radical change in the way the moon traverses the sky. In the past, I also thought that I observed something abnormal about the location of the moonrise. For several years, I've been commuting across the I-205 bridge and always look at the view of Mount Hood to the east. I remember a few years ago seeing the moon rise to the left, or north of Mount Hood, and I remember thinking that I do not recall ever seeing the moon come up to the left of Mount Hood from the I-205 bridge. Another very strange thing I heard about the moon a few years ago on CCR is that there's a measurable temperature difference between areas that are in the moonlight compared with the nearby moon shadow. Do you know anything about that? I've been meaning to test this myself, but have not yet taken the time to do this. So I did respond to Terry, but I would say, yeah, you should test it yourself because there's, there's a lot of people that have tested it themselves and there's the people who are trying to show that the moon is not reflecting sunlight, which is the implication, you know, if moonlight is cool, then it's not reflected sunlight, are successful in showing that, and yet anyone who then comments or responds to the video, there's always some excuse. So you gotta, you know, you do your own experiment, make your make up your own mind. And our friend Will did a a video with a an experiment experiment with the Fresnel lens to magnify moonlight to see if it would heat up things the way it would with sunlight. And I'll leave it as a spoiler. People can look that Is up. Is this Will, the same gentleman who put a magnet on a package of Sargento cheese? Is yes. this the same experimenter? Yep. Same. The same Zetetic... <laughs> will there um so terry went on and he's he said uh he's kind of in your camp so he says regarding the flat earth issue i've never taken the time to really look into it so i remain skeptical of your view i do know that there are good reasons why nasa is known as never a straight answer and there does seem to be much fakery going on with the moon landing also about 15 years ago i was part of a church where both leaders believed firmly in geocentrism both became good friends of mine, and one one of them was a well-known creation scientist with a PhD in chemistry. This scientist told me that all the science he knew about astronomy worked just as well with the geocentric model as with the heliocentric orthodoxy. Absolutely, yeah. It did not take long for me after a few conversations and looking closely at that at the many Bible verses about geocentrism to convince me that it is probably the correct cosmology. I think that many God-hating scientists are very uncomfortable with the idea that this Earth is the center of everything, since this would seem to make us the focus of God's attention, indeed. Yeah. Um, and then, I actually still need to watch the thing he brings up in the last paragraph, so we'll save that for a later time. But I've got some some moon clips, Tim. Yep. So let's play the... Uh, the Dr. Tenpenny, not the ISO, but the, the full one. What's up with the moon? What is going on with the moon right now? 
And I was, and, you know, Mondo, who's this, you know, who's also an astronomer, in addition to being an archaeologist and and has been all over the world and stuff like that. I said, something's going on with the moon. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you what, the same thing I told him. And they didn't give me, either one of them gave me any answer I, I agreed with. But, you know, when you stand on the front stoop of my house, the, my house faces directly east. You know, it's, it faces due east and there's a road and then there's three houses on the other side. And I live on a dead end called a sack seat. With, there's about 17 houses on the street. And there's two houses directly across the street from me. And the moon, and I'm kind of a moon watcher. I think it's kind of cool. You know, I've got a, I've got a picture in my bedroom. That's got a blue moon and a red moon and a white moon and a, and a eclipse. And that some, I bought at an art fair somewhere that somebody it's pretty good size. It's probably 20 inches by 20 inches with these four pictures on it. And I just like, kind of like the moon. I just think it's kind of cool to watch, you know, the phases and stuff. And in my, in fate, you know, my bat, my master bathroom, uh, my master bathroom has a skylight. So when I get up, sometimes there's a full moon, you get up in the middle of the night and it's like really bright. Right. So anyways, I just kind of want to give you kind of the, the uh, architectural thing here. So my house faces East on the backside of my house, there's a patio and I've got a hot tub back there. That hot tub that I bought on purpose with the place in the hot tub where you kind of lay down, you kind of the reclining thing faces East and West so that when I can get in that little place, I'm facing east so I can watch the moon come up over the top of my house. I've right. been doing this for years, Larry. I have lived in this house since 1996. So I've lived here almost 30 years, right? But now listen to me. This is this listen to me. So last night I go out, I get home and I go out, you know, it's dark by 5:30 now, right? So I get out of the car, I walk down the driveway, going east. I go down to the driveway to get my mail out of the mailbox. And the moon is coming up way over there. I mean, three houses over. I've, I've, as many years as I've lived here, I've never seen that that far to the south, to the north would be the northeast. Never over this house, sometimes right straight down my driveway, sometimes most of the time over here. And it tracked this way across the sky, which every other night I've, uh, been here, the moon comes up over here and tracks this way across the sky. It was the weirdest thing. And I said, so I was telling, um, so I was telling this to, to Mondo and to L.A. Marzulli when we just finished it. And so, so Mondo's trying to give me this whole thing about, well, it's an 18 year cycle and it goes this way and it goes or 18 month cycle. Blah, blah, blah. I go, uh-uh. Last month it was up over there. Now it's over there. And I mean, it had to have been thousands of not if you went could measure it out there in space somewhere had to been like thousands of nautical miles difference so i said i'll tell you what after i get done with my second podcast tonight and i go walking down my driveway to go get my mail tonight because it's another clear night if that moon is now instead of way over there it's way over there i'm taking a picture i'm going to send you both of them and find out what is happening with the wobble on the earth so do you think it could have had something to do with the fact that we changed the clocks no, no, not it, no, because it wasn't about a timing in terms of did you see the moon at five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock? It was I got home from uh, last night. I got home. I don't know. Must have been about six thirty because it was just starting to get dark. But, you know, I saw because when I was driving home, I'm noticing the moon. I get home and it's like, why is the moon way over there? It's you never it's over hologram? there. I don't know. That's what I see. Some people over here sort of yeah, say, I know, I know. I well, don't know. What, what's interesting 
is I actually heard somebody say, and I'm I'm conjecturing, and I'm not even I'm not even saying this is true. Somebody said that uh, that we're actually that the Hunger Games was actually another set of predictive programming to actually hint at the possibility that we're living in some kind of enclosure. Because if you remember, did you, you didn't watch the Hunger Games. You didn't read it. Oh, okay. Oh, well. But, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, that there's actually a dome, that we're actually in a bubble. And everything, you know, you you can only go up so far and it's all enclosed. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think all of the astrologers would be very interested in knowing that the moon was <laughs> in a different place. All right, so, that's weird. So, so that was an interesting one. It, and uh, we, we've kind of mentioned, you know, weirdness with the moon. There was the eclipse recently. And, um, you know, different de- debates and debunkings with, with the eclipse. But, uh, yeah, any any thoughts on that? Well, I'm a little bit... I don't want to say freaked out. I'm definitely not freaked out. But I'm a little bit... Uh... My awareness is heightened because the gentleman, uh, I, I got another email here from, he calls himself the other Caleb. So not the Caleb that uh, is a frequent donor, but he calls himself the other Caleb. But he said, the flat earth clip that you played is from a gentleman named Scrawny to Brawny. Here's a link to his YouTube. He has some really good stuff. Uh, sincerely, Caleb. So oh, he, nice. sen- he sends me a link to... A video, and it's, it's the guy's name is Scrawny Brawny on YouTube, and he says Flat Earth Explained. Now, I got this. When was this sent? Let me double check here. Uh, it was sent yesterday. I looked at it briefly and was in the middle of doing something else. You know how easily distracted I am. I didn't have a chance to really sit through it. It's not that long, it's only 12 minutes. But within the first few minutes, there is, let's see. I'm going to scrub here. You got some Hillary Clinton. Ugh. Some different movie clips. And then, bang. We are at 1 Hunger minute, games? 18 oh. seconds. And it's the Hunger Games. Yeah, I, n- I never even... Because when I saw the... I did see the Hunger right. Games. Right. And I read the Hunger Games. You, but at you that and point, I, I was not a... I was not a crazy flat earther at that, that point. That was the so thing. I, you and I actually yeah. both read this... this 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 book this book series and watch the movies because we thought you know it's interesting commentary on uh, mm-hmm. on our current situation but yeah here we are i'm looking at hunger games and she shot the arrow into the top of the dome and the dome is now falling down a minute and 30 seconds yeah. in so anyway kind of weird synchronicity there it's like the the truman show truman, you know, Sh- truman of- show clips are in there for sure yeah the so, Truman Show is where the the light that falls, the the stage light, yeah. is named Sirius. Yeah, yeah. So I I went. You know I'm not going to weigh in on the should it be in the Bible or not, but I I got some stuff oh, wow. out of Here Enoch. 
which I've never really, I've never, I've never made my way into this. Okay. So not. Uh, let's Enoch 72 and 73 is finishing up where uh, Enoch is the angels show him how oh. the sun and the moon work. Hold on. I got to play this other clip you gave me first. What's up with the moon? What's up with the moon, man? Yeah. 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 This is, hey. So, uh, Enoch's up there. So this passage, I cut it off right at the end of the sun part. So you'll hear the end of that and then the transition into the moon section. And I, I just thought it was interesting in light of, you know, Dr. Penn... Tenpenny talking about the moon coming up in a different spot, and she's in Ohio, by the way. If anyone was wondering, but so uh, should we do a backgrounder on the Book of Enoch? We have people who don't know a lot of the stuff we know. I think we might need a backgrounder on the Book of Enoch. You want to give us one, Andrew? So if um, so, Enoch is not in the Bible, not canonical, unless you are in Ethiopia. Really. Yeah, and then it is in the Bible. And the reason is that it was found intact in Ethiopia in the Ethiopian language. So they consider it part of part of the Bible. And even Ethiopian Jews consider it part of the scripture as well. So my neighbors are Ethiopian. I should ask them about this. Yeah, ask them about Enoch. Let's see if they, you know, if they've got a Bible, they it'll have Enoch in there. But um, anyway, for the most part, it isn't. And there is kind of different versions of why. I I think there's probably some good reasons it's not in the Bible. There's some kind of missing fragmented passages, even in the mostly full version. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not worth reading. And of course, Enoch, one of, I believe, uh, I'm, I might be wrong on this. I'm not super good at Bible trivia, but... I can only think of two people in the Bible who didn't, their bodies didn't die. They were just taken up into heaven. I think that's... I think that's right. Enoch and Elijah. All right, here we go. So it comes that its course becomes daily longer and its course nightly shorter. And this is the law and the course of the sun and his return as often as he returns 60 times and rises. In other words, the great luminary, which is named the sun, forever and ever. And that which thus rises is the great luminary, and is so named according to its appearance, according as the Lord commanded. As he rises, so he sets, and decreases not, and rests not, but runs day and night, and his light is sevenfold brighter than that of the moon. But as regards size, they are both equal. Chapter 73 and after this law, I saw another law dealing with the smaller luminary, which is named the moon. And her circumference is like the circumference of the heaven, and her chariot in which she rides is driven by the wind, and light is given to her in definite measure. And her rising and setting change every month, and her days are like the days of the sun. And when her light is uniform, in other words full, it amounts to the seventh part of the light of the sun and thus she rises. And her first phase in the east comes forth on the thirtieth morning, and on that day she becomes visible, and constitutes for you the first phase of the moon, 
on the thirtieth day together with the sun in the portal where the sun rises and the one half of her goes forth by a seventh part and her whole circumference is empty without light with the exception of one seventh part of it and the fourteenth part of her light and when she receives one seventh part of the half of her light her light amounts to one seventh part and the half thereof and she sets with the sun and when the sun rises the moon rises with him and receives the half of one part of light and in that night in the beginning of her morning in the commencement of the lunar day the moon sets with the sun and is invisible that night with the fourteen parts and the half of one of them and she rises on that day with exactly a seventh part and comes forth and recedes from the rising of the sun and in her remaining days she becomes bright in the remaining thirteen parts chapter seventy four and i saw another course a law for her and how according to that law she performs her monthly revolution and all these uriel the holy angel who is the leader of them all showed to me and their positions and i wrote down their positions as he showed them to me and i wrote down their months as they were and the appearance of their lights till fifteen days were accomplished in single seventh parts she accomplishes all her light in the east and in single seventh parts accomplishes all her darkness in the west and in certain months she alters her settings and in certain months she pursues her own peculiar course so there you go her own peculiar course Hmm. so there's yeah and there's passages you know the sun comes through this portal for this number of days and then it comes through that portal and it's wild man it's you got the all the explanations for wind and hail and snow and everything else so so it's uh i don't know it's a it's an interesting book and it ties together not just the fallen angel like genesis 6 thing but also some of the i don't know like the important numbers in the bible and some other other teaching there's just a lot more detail in enoch hmm. so very good, very good. I, I've but, actually uh, have you have you read it? Well, I'm I'm going through it right now. Okay. So in this, the gal's voice, I apparently only the only Enoch podcast with people reading it is her. So you know whether you like her or not, that's kind of your only choice at this point. So if you've got a nice reading voice, there's an opportunity. Just read Enoch and do a podcast. But. I mean, we're coming up on episode 300. Future Quake ended at episode 300. And now you're going to bring in the book of Enoch. <laughs> and Sherry Tenpenny is going to reference L.A. Marzulli. I mean, this is like a throwback to the late 2010s. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. We're back here in the, uh, the aughts, the aught decade. 2009, 2008, 2010. Yeah. Just a, a couple other kind of interesting notes. So, if you if you go through 
Enoch, it talks about number of days, and there is a conflicting in Judaism. There's a there was a conflict over the calendar. So there is the basically the 365 day calendar and the 364 day calendar, which the interesting part about the 364 day calendar is that then you are on the same day of the week on every day of the year because it is divisible by seven can you say that again can you say that again slowly for the kids that rode the short bus like myself (laughs) every day you're on the same day yeah so you know with our current calendar 365 mm-hmm. or 366 days you know your birthday is on a different day right ah right so so next year your birthday would always be on the same day your birthday would always be on the same day of the week and so like their um feasts and and observances and what have you always matched up the same same day hmm. okay. and there's if you do you could split it up into uh each quarter having two months with 30 days and one day with 31 days and or you can do 13 months of 28 days also works out to 364 Hmm. so just in you know I threw an article in there from the Biblical Archaeology Society. Newly deciphered Dead Sea Scroll reveals 364-day calendar. Wow. Um, I'm not necessarily saying, like, that's correct. And they're certainly not either. But it is of note, and it does... If, you know, a large number of people were observing a 364-day calendar... That's important to when figuring out like what happened when type deal. Right. And there's growing up in church, it was it was always admitted that, oh well, Jesus wasn't born like, you know, right if you can't go like back to year zero, um, you know, Jesus wasn't born then. He was probably more like six BC or you know. 4 AD or 6 AD, I think, were the two of the common ones. Part of that was based on the description of a eclipse, and they right. can you can go back and you can tell when all the eclipses happen. Right. And but there was actually in when all those planets aligned. <laughs> there, there was a, no. I believe it was a star moving across the sky. You know, is what the Bible actually says, but. Um, for to indicate Jesus's birth is what, sure. what what it says, but uh, there was actually an eclipse that was much more visible in that part of the world in like year one, so which wow. is kind of interesting. Anyway, just some some tidbits there, and I've I do have some more Enoch passages. What's up with the moon? What's this is no longer moon. We got some, uh, we got some fire and brimstone, and then some happy stuff. So let's do the fire and brimstone, which is actually Enoch thirty-eight. Oh, I don't have, I don't have that. 
Double check. Might have to oh, refresh. There it is. There. there it is. I was all loaded up with my Enoch clips. I had everything else. <laughs> What's up with the moon? That, that's not it. 38. The coming judgment of the wicked. The first parable. When the congregation of the righteous shall appear, and sinners shall be judged for their sins, and shall be driven from the face of the earth. And when the righteous one shall appear before the eyes of the righteous, whose elect works hang upon the Lord of spirits. And light shall appear to the righteous, and the elect who dwell on the earth. Where then will be the dwelling of the sinners? And where the resting place of those who have denied the Lord of spirits? It had been good for them if they had not been born. When the secrets of the righteous shall be revealed, and the sinners judged, and the godless driven from the presence of the righteous and elect, from that time those that possess the earth shall no longer be powerful and exalted, and they shall not be able to behold the face of the holy. For the Lord of spirits has caused his light to appear on the face of the holy, righteous, and elect. Then shall the kings and the mighty perish, and be given into the hands of the righteous and holy. And thenceforward none shall seek for themselves mercy from the Lord of Spirits, for their life is at an end. I'm all about the kings and the mighty perishing there. Mm -hmm. That was a election-related Enoch passage. <laughs> but, uh, well, I... <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave Enoch, it on the Enoch version of Mike Lindell. This is real time crime right here. <laughs> so the the last Enoch passage from uh, twenty four. It's part of twenty four and chapter twenty five. Uh, this is a a much more positive passage there. Chapter twenty four and twenty five. The seven mountains in the northwest and the tree of life. Chapter 24 And from thence I went to another place of the earth, and he showed me a mountain range of fire which burnt day and night. And I went beyond it and saw seven magnificent mountains, all differing each from the other, and the stones thereof were magnificent and beautiful, magnificent as a whole, of glorious appearance and fair exterior. Three towards the east, one founded on the other, and three towards the south, one upon the other and deep rough ravines, no one of which joined with any other. And the seventh mountain was in the midst of these, and it excelled them in height, resembling the seat of a throne, and fragrant trees encircled the throne, and amongst them was a tree such as I had never yet smelt. Neither was any among them, nor were others like it. It had a fragrance beyond all fragrance, and its leaves and blooms and wood wither not for ever. And its fruit is beautiful, and its fruit resembles the dates of a palm. Then I said, How beautiful is this tree, and fragrant, and its leaves are fair, and its blooms very delightful in appearance. Then answered Michael, one of the holy and honored angels who was with me, and was their leader. Chapter 25 And he said unto me, Enoch, why dost thou ask me regarding the fragrance of the tree? And why dost thou wish to learn the truth? Then I answered him, saying, I wish to know about everything, but especially about this tree. And he answered, saying, This high mountain which thou hast seen, whose summit is like the throne of God, is his throne, where the Holy Great One, the Lord of glory, the Eternal King, will sit, when he shall come down to visit the earth with goodness. And as for this fragrant tree, 
No mortal is permitted to touch it till the great judgment, when he shall take vengeance on all and bring everything to its consummation forever. It shall then be given to the righteous and holy. Its fruit shall be for food to the elect. It shall be transplanted to the holy place, to the temple of the Lord, the eternal King. Then shall they rejoice with joy and be glad, and into the holy place shall they enter, and its fragrance shall be in their bones, and they shall live a long life on earth, such as thy fathers lived, and in their days shall no sorrow or plague or torment or calamity touch them. Then I bless the God of glory, the eternal King, who hath prepared such things for the righteous, and hath created them, and promised to give to them. The tree of life, and uh, it se certainly seems to be talking about the kind of 10,000 year reign era. But, yeah. So there is, there are brighter days ahead, there is hope, and there's, certainly doesn't seem like it a lot of the time, and there's no hope in our systems and our politics and... What about the vote? Our, our own efforts and our own votes and what have you but this is you know this world's been screwed up since enoch's day and there's still hope so that's good that's good you wrapped up words of wisdom without even being asked man so today you're on i i almost included the the part in enoch where it says like here are the words of wisdom but Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should that, that clip been, it. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been good. All right, man. Well, I don't have anything that absolutely has to be played. So, I got uh, this. Greg Reese destroying Elon will hold for another week. Uh, oh, we got some. We got Dell Big Tree. It's a. Uh, I think we're good, man. Yeah, we can. We've got, hopefully, interesting stuff coming up for people. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap for this, uh, this episode. Revelations Radio News, episode 298 in the books. Next up, 299. And then, the big 300. The big round number. The Jubilee. <laughs> Isn't the Jubilee like 70? It's like 75. I don't even know what it is. Seven years, 75 years. Anyway, 300, episode 300 coming up. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for sticking with us all this time. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next week. Yes. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, Tim. Right, thank you. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say